Entering the fourth quarter of play. I get a penalty shot. Oh, Mike, I gotta tell you, that was never a PK! That ref! I don't really care, to be honest. Oh, the tears of unfathomable sadness. Yummy. That's no ordinary butter. But yo, I'd find another, because I've got the crazy game in yo, I'm smooth hey, yo, like butter. It's like butter. It's like butter, baby. 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 It's like butter. Like the butter, baby. Not no parquet, not no margarine. Strictly butter. Strictly butter, baby. I remember when girls were goody two shoes, but now they turn to freaks all of a sudden. We love you, guys. off, ho. My name's Mully. Fight this, fight that. Where you going? Where you at? These girls don't know me from Jack, yet I feel like the Mac. You didn't want me then, so yo, hun, don't want me now. Here, here, take the towel. Wipe off your brow and take the contact out your eye. You're far from looking fly. You're getting eaten. Welcome to the House of East End, episode 153, and that's me. Gary P, of course, the Carl. The Carl, the Prof Carl, the Carl Prof Royley, the Carl Prof Royley, the Prof Carl Royley. You got there in the end. You got there in the end, so. Uh, and there wasn't even a penal. It wasn't even a penal. They're just the gift that keeps on giving, aren't they? It's the banter <laughs> years, the crack years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's still sponsored by our fantastic Ocean Electrical. And uh, of course, they do it all. They actually do it all. They even procured a, a um, painter for me there recently. And normally I do it myself. But Jesus, prof, I can't cut in for the life of me. It is painstaking and stuff. Mm. And if you've ever painted your house, it's heartbreaking. Does it break it, your heart as much as cutting the grass breaks Gary Shaw's heart? It would be, yeah. It seems like, oh, I don't want to cut the grass. I'll cut the grass. But Jesus Christ, the painting. Painting is heartbreaking. Um, especially when you got to go up to the ceiling, cut in, and then come down, and you find a bit you didn't do, and then you're just like, ah! So that's it. They will. They'll do it all. Ocean Let's go do it all. And of course, that's a credit uh, for those unexpected occurrences in your life. When, let's say, for instance, right, okay, family of five, dad's working, mom's working, everybody's, you know, getting on, they're making sure the kids are sorted, and then all of a sudden, the leak, the boiler goes. Leak, war everywhere. You haven't got the few quid to look after it. Lens the credit, give them a ring, sort it out in no time. Or maybe, let's say, your clutch goes in your car, and you haven't got the few quid there at the minute, too busy looking after the family, making sure they're all right. You haven't put it in away for a rainy day and all of a sudden you need a new clutch in your car, you need something fixed, Leinster Credit. That is what Leinster Credit are all about. So check them out, Leinster Credit, Google them. And they are fantastic, wonderful sponsors. For life, by the way. For life. So we have the Dublin Derby review and we look ahead to Finn Harps at Bally Buffet. And Dave Webster, current Harps and former Hoops defender, joins us for an interview as well with uh, his infamous fringe. We'll be talking about that. The Tata fringe, yeah. yeah. Um, Do you know what's nice, Gar? It's nice to finally only have one game to review this week because, never mind the players, it's been a hectic podcast schedule. It's hard. It's hard to actually think back on the games as well, as well, because you're you're just thinking, Jesus, what was that? And you're mixing them up, and you're just like, oh, do you know what? I, I don't even know anymore. Will someone please think of the podcasters. Mm, I know, yeah, but in in general, have you had a good week, Prof? A bit of a hectic one myself. Jaden broke his toe, broke his pinky on a trampoline, backflip. And he thought he landed it, and um, his his threshold for pain is ridiculous. So I'm looking at it, and everyone's like, "Oh, oh!" And it's hanging off, and he's wiggling it. He's like, "Look, look, it's grand, not wrong." I'm like, "That thing is hanging off. Can you stop playing with it?" So broke six weeks out. Football only started back, and he's and he's and he's disgusted. He's supposed to start kickboxing as well, and then of course Pico. Pico chimes in, sends him a video, cheers him up to no end. Ah, that's classic so, Pico. Isn't it? Classic Pico, and Pico broke his toe as well. 
and Pico told him exactly what the doctor told him says stay off do nothing chill out and just try and just get your head right now so fat, big big shout out to Pico for making Jaden's week um, but yeah other than that uh, last week's show Tipty's Hotline Prof I'm getting a lot of texts about this by the way Sean Cook wants on um, a lot of people are loving it nice and easy listen so we had the Joe the Hoop tribute as well we've been told the hotline is a great addition to the podcast so expect more of that yeah definitely thinking yeah. about questions all the time as well trying to uh, trying to get your minds racing yeah we've got a few more questions planned so you can expect that pretty soon uh, as, for, as for the Joe tribute uh, Les Lowe that was the gentleman who went last in the tributes he, I noticed he joined Twitter like the day we uploaded the podcast yeah yeah it was uh, Carl Seal as well taking a couple of little digs at us I reckon did he? he's never listened to the podcast before <laughs> only when that German fellow who's <laughs> friends with the others what I told him Tifties uh, for life not for Christmas yeah. uh, Jay McLean uh, had a correction for me he said it was whiskey in the bath not wine that's how he that's how he listens to us. Whiskey in the bath. Yeah. <laughs> Rabsy Nesbitt there. And he had a story, he said uh his son Sean was out in his nannies in Rings End and Jay said he went out to collect them and they were driving along the coast road in a tailback listening to Winston's answers to the hotline. They spot this clown in a bow shirt, beep the horn, he waves so they give him the V. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love when you rope them in and you're like, oh, oh yeah, beep it. And he's thinking, oh, this is a Bulls fan. Now you just give him the fucking... <laughs> love it. Rope him in. And we have a follow-up to... You heard Con Murphy last week and we asked, what's your best and worst memory of a derby? Con, Con's one was Harry Kenny getting sent off after just four minutes. Which, did he say the year? Was it something like... It was 40, 45, was it? So Jim Conroy heard that and he knew the story behind oh, that red on. card. Yep. Jim is actually fascinating. How it's taken yeah. him so long to get involved and then voice notes and podcasts and that like that is beyond me. We need to get all the info out of this guy. I couldn't bribe him to get on the show six months ago. Now he's sending me voice notes. Yeah, now, now yeah. He's, he's like... Um, Oh, I can't make that analogy actually. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, but wait till you hear the story about the red card. This is a cracker. Now, the the second image is just of Harry Kenny being sent off against Bohemians in January 1986 at Damon Park. It was mentioned on the program last week. It's just to fill you in that it was he was sent off after after four minutes, uh, and people weren't sure exactly why. But I kind of have the story behind that, which I heard from a very good source many years ago. And I'll tell you what happened that day. It might, it might be a good little story to tell on your program. What happened was he was sent off by 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 uh, Paddy Pudgy Daly, a famous referee at the time, who was a guard and all that. But 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 Pudgy sent 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 him off, and and this is how it happened. Before the game in in the Bohemians dressing room, they were warming up, and before the game and all that, and the, and in the day the old day the mount dressing rooms, the the girders, the wooden girders were there, and what happened was Tom Conway was 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 one of the Bohemian players. And he, he was jumping up and down. He banged his head off to, off one of the girders and he cut his head. So he was doubtful whether he'd start the game and all that, but he was okay. So so he went out and the game kicked off. 
And then, of course, there was a throw-in in the fourth minute near the dugouts, and him and Harry got tangled up, and there was a, a typical Rovers balls. There was a bit of a kind of a, a, you know, a dispute o- o- over the throw-in. But Harry pushed him and all that, you know. But the next thing, Pudgy came over, and when Pudgy came over, what the what the Conway do? He 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 pointed to his head. Paddy, look look what he done to me! Look what he done to me! And of course, because the wound had kind of opened in the meantime, and he see and Paddy seen the blood and all that. And of course, what did he do? He went over and gave poor old Harry Harry Kenny the red card, and and Harry, the, the the photo in the paper is brilliant because they look a shock at Harry's face. He he didn't know what was going on. So there you are, just that's that's the story behind that. Conway was injured before the game started, you know, and it was it was self-inflicted, you know. Of course, that day as well, uh, uh, Dermot Keeley was, uh, broke his leg, which was a famous incident when he, uh, there was no one near him and he went over in his leg and he tried to play on. He didn't realise his leg was broken. He, he was a hard man, Dermot. They, they, they don't really make them like that anymore. But th- th- despite all them problems and all, the, 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 the Rovers fought bravely that day and they came out with, with, with a one-all draw at the end of the day, which was a, which was a good result uh, at the time in, in Dermot. We, we were delighted with the one-all draw. I remember, you know. I suppose bowls at that time were a bit. They were a bit like. Um, they were always the bridesmaids. I suppose they were a bit like the Mayo GAA team of, of, of recent years in, in in that other code that we don't talk about very much and and that. But uh, yes, they were the Mayo of the nineteen eighties. Definitely, that's that was Bohemian's main main claim to fame in them days. I suppose. Well, that's a uh, that's possibly the the best example of the dark arts I've ever heard in my life. That's like something out of pro wrestling. That's unbelievable. I'll tell you what, you're thinking on his feet, fair fucks. I'd have done it myself. Um, <laughs> he's nearly laughing, Harry Kenny in the photograph. Yeah. The look on his face, he looks totally bemused. Mm. Uh, there was also a minute silence for Rovers legend Jerry Mackey and some great write-ups by Robert Goggins in the programme. Uh, Goggledino, as he's now known. He's going to have a new nickname every week. I guarantee you that he's never been known as that. <laughs> Goggledino, he was El Goggo. <laughs> The Gog, Gogster. Keep coming, keep him coming. So, um, yeah, and it was in the Independent. Sean Ryan in the Sunday Independent, so some great tributes for Jerry Mackey. Yeah, I was reading about him. Um, probably would have got a lot more caps for Ireland, if not for Charlie Hurley, who was considered the best Irish defender of, of that generation. And there was a mad part of his story as well. He left Rovers and he moved to England for work reasons. But he played, I think, like semi-professional football while there. So he was still playing. Then he came back to Ireland in the mid sixties, came back came to Limerick, again for work reasons. That they re- relocated him to Limerick, but he, he didn't he couldn't play for Limerick because Rovers held on to his farms. This yeah. was this was the thing back then didn't, where the you clubs know, had all the power. They just had your, yeah, your papers. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. happened. Do you know, funny enough, was this <laughs> the under the cosh podcast and Leon Knight was something similar. Mm. Like four years, he had to go play in Greece. Had to go on all these other countries because Russian and Diamonds wouldn't let go of his papers. Mm. Couldn't sign for any other English club. But in this case, uh, according to Sean Ryan's article, he didn't ask Rovers though. So if you don't ask, how do you know? You don't ask, you'll get. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Although that is something that I think was, would have been the Cunninghams back then. That is something they did, they did a few times. They held on to papers. And, um, and one more note on Jerry Mackey. Robert Goggins, I think, was at the funeral... And he was talking to his brother, uh, Dave Mackey. Right. And Dave was telling him that someone left a Rovers jersey in at the funeral. And Robert was trying to figure out who this was because, like, 
he didn't hear about this mm. and he was uh, describing him to, to Robert Robert didn't know who he was and then finally he came up with a, a, a description oh the fella who left the match left left the wedding to go to a match in the taxi no one else there <laughs> not only one person that did and that and the funeral was held in Shankill which is out in Usher's territory yep. so, and I confirmed this night yeah Usher did in fact leave a robber's jersey in at Jerry Mackey's funeral ah, top man Usher top fella still hasn't got a few quid off Jack for the taxi fare even though Jack said I'll pay half we'll give yeah. him the whole lot for folks <laughs> but yeah so we beat uh, organic free trade uh, vegan three legged goat's milk FC 2-1 Tala uh, McCann Mandroyo Burke and Grace making his 100 appearance for Robert so Grace nice nice milestone there Prof and uh, they all came back to the start 11 players who we mentioned yeah so in the West End we had uh, Bobby Best great to see him enjoying his retirement we have a new flag this is a cracker boiling piss since 1899 oh yes let's hope Gogsy Goggledino doesn't come up with any uh, any more <laughs> historical evidence that we're yeah. We're, we're born before that but yeah I'm um, loving that one whoever uh, whoever got that made let us know get in touch isn't that just one of the best phrases boiling piss boiling piss <laughs> we have a new contender for loudest man in Tata Stadium oh who we got Who uh, the shortlist was Brendan Dawson of course yeah we have last season we had Graham Burke star Graham Burke star we had Jose a couple of weeks ago yeah I've got a strong contender here okay let me guess fan player official who we got player Ah, uh, be Joey though. You would think Joey, but no. Okay, so they're on the bench. Oh God, it's not Cabo. Cabo's quiet. It's not Scale. Scale's <laughs> quiet. It's not Ferrugia. Ferrugia's quiet. Not Watsy. Watsy's quiet. Well, most of those players are named there. We're starting. Yeah, Leon Paul. No way. That's a guess. That's a total guess. There you go. Can you do an impression there? Uh, Gosh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, Prof straight into it, no kissing, being blown, uh, one nil. What's on five minutes? So we started well. It was it was a good start. Um, I think Burke forced a save from from Talbot early on, even before the goal. Yeah. So we started very brightly. I was very happy with the start, yeah. Um, but these were up for it, and like like anything, it's it's always they're always up for it. Like they'll they'll be beaten by Finn Harps. They'll, they mm. they just happen to drop six players at home to Sligo as well. Do you notice that? Look no, at the start eleven. Look at the eleven from Sligo at home to us. So, I I didn't take that result too seriously. That Sligo one. I just thought, oh, they're just going to raise their game for us. Yeah, no, they they, they changed the start eleven big time once again. All eyes on Rovers, and um, yeah, it was a it was a great ball in, and Greener got a little touch on a hit off the it was, post. It was a shot by scales, wasn't it? And yeah, push onto the post. Greener pushed onto the post, then Watsy came in and buried the nice side for a bit of power in it as well. So uh, great start. Great fucking start. Really happy with that. Nice to score early this time. Exactly. All these late goals we've been getting. Uh, actually, when we beat the Montana last year, wasn't it a very early goal again? Wasn't it Lafferty? Lafferty scored, yeah. He came in from the left-hand side and scraped it in. And just for a bit of, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but we have some audio-described commentary from Fed and Warren here on the Dylan Watts goal. Yeah, for the poor ball there, throwing to Robert this near side, taken quickly by Sean Hoare to Mandroy, right at centre. Andre does well, three around him, gets it back to Sean Hoare. Hoare, that's a goal, oh, got away with a poor ball there. It's with Dylan Watts attacking the, the, the middle of the penalty area. Good ball from Watts to the edge of the penalty area. Scales, Scales drives the ball across the penalty area. And that's a post from Green. And it must yes! be it is. It's a goal for Dylan Watts. A goal for Dylan Watts. 
initially from Hoare but it got through to Watson in the middle Watson played the ball to his left scale thrown the ball across the goal mouth Alan Green hit the post in point blank range but Watson was following up to smack the ball past James Talbot a great start for Rovers the fifth minute Dylan Watts continues his great form and after five minutes it's Shamrock Rovers 1 Bohemians 0 right so that's Phelan and great stuff from Phelan Jesus that was brilliant if I had I had a jeez that's class that's a great alternative if you can't actually watch the game Fair play, Phelan. Yeah, second. Uh, the yeah, let's talk about this fucking board. Wow, this was as big as Sitter as Greeners. What's this? What's the winger doing, Tom? <laughs> that was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. It was such a bad miss. It's up. To, it's it's actually hard to separate the two, which is worse. His or Greeners. But all he had to do, all he had to do, was what he did, except put it in the net. Like he he, he hit it perfectly. He struck it mm. lovely. But my God, around the post, and it was an open goal, pretty much. That was pretty much a warning shot to what was about to come. Yeah, they were, they were, they were cutting us open. And didn't we talk about this about how they were going to cut us open? About how we thought they'd approach us and play us. And it's exactly mm. not exactly, but they did try what they were doing, putting it around their fullbacks when they were going forward and working it in from the wings. That's what they did. And then they had likes of Ward and likes of other players advancing in and trying to stroke it home from these crosses coming in from wide. They looked dangerous every, every time they got time, forward. When, when Ward picked it up outside the box, uh, the key was excellent. Their front three were excellent. And uh, we got expelled a few too, too, few too many times. I mean, a lot of people were calling for it. We should have had Gary O'Neill there, you know, protecting our, our, our back three. And maybe McCann, you know, isn't doing that. Yeah, I, I, I still think there's time for McCann. I mean, it's what we're seven games in or whatever. Come on, like I mean, he has got class. He's been Premier League and Championship all his career. I think there's more to come from McCann. I think he's gonna be a player. I think we just need to find the right combo in there. That's it. Got to find the right combination in there. I think Gary O'Neill and him are gonna be a good combo because if you're gonna let see, do you know what I noticed as well? Do you know the way Jack Jack Bourne demanded the ball all the time? He yeah. wanted that ball all the time and everything went through him. We're still missing that. We don't have that player with that type of dominance in the team. Mandroyu doesn't really do it. Bork tries, but we don't have that player that would slot into Jacks. We haven't replaced him, like and we're we're never gonna replace him, but we haven't we're not playing the same way we did it as last year because of that absence. That's exactly how I feel. And that's why we're playing differently. Like it is. You, it's hard, you try and replace these players, but that's yeah. how it is ultimately, in my eyes anyway. He is still looking for his best eleven. I know it's a bit of a cliche, yeah. but it's it's true. None of us can pick it. Like if you ask mm. everybody, to line ten people up and ask them to pick it, I guarantee mm. you they'll have it. No, no, not not one of those will have the same, um, same standard eleven. I guarantee you. But it's, yeah, I mean, we've we've changed the, the midfield so often the last four or five games though. That's ha- what worries me. It has to be unsettling. Yeah, it is. It is because you don't like. There's no. There's no consistency there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go for something now when we pick our starting elevens. I'm gonna. I get that we had two games midweek, you know, two consecutive uh, weeks, so you kind of had to freshen things up. But you know, until Gary O'Neill and Watson Berkey played together for four or five games in a row, yeah. how are they gonna understand each other? I I'd, I'd agree with you there, and I think that Watts is possibly, but Watts can play in the role that Borkin and Mandrew do. That's that's how mm. I feel. I think he's probably wasted in the. Middle of the park, he should be in the top three with, with Green or however else is going to be there. With the equaliser, prof, with Tierney and the small, probably the smallest fella on the pitch, nodding, nodding home. That's exactly what it was. He nodded home. It was an open goal. Uh, we were caught out. 
Yeah, we had Bert uh, back healing it to uh, who crossed it in again? Maybe Ward, was it? Oh, it might have been Ward, was it? But either I'm way, not... either way, uh, Har was turned inside out, across into Tierney, who headed it in. Yeah, great cross, lovely yeah. inviting header, wasn't it? Lovely cross that just begging to be buried. Um, and the Bowls fans were very noisy uh, after that goal, Gareth. The essential comedian who made it in. Yeah, so so what's that about? And even their board members as well. They're mm-hmm. like, I mean, let's talk about being professional. Members that are board abusing. Well, I mean, you, you can be a fan all you want, but if you're a board member or if you're anyway involved with the club as a volunteer, you shouldn't really be abusing the other team in uh, derogatory fashion. So, I mean, once again, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Wishing injuries on on our players as well. It's just, it's just what you come to expect from balls and their whole affiliation as association as well. It's. Uh, any any affiliates that they have with them as well, they're the same. A lot of abuse coming down. I mean, you have to conduct yourself in the right manner if you're if you're going to be a volunteer anyway involved with a club, and it's just not happening at both at the minute. But the the misses we talked about uh, the Burt miss, but we're going to talk about the Bork and the Green one. The Bork one, he just should have hit straight away. He was trying to wind his way in and out, and took two or three unnecessary. <sighs> and touches. then he toe poked it, and it didn't. And nothing happened in the end. Smashed should have just smashed it. It's yeah. Bork like of all people. I and mean, then we move on to the green one as well. Green, green. Uh, I thought McCann was was excellent. Like, and what you mentioned to me off air was, if this goes in, the opinion of McCann has gone out the window. That he's kind of, he doesn't get back and he doesn't get around quick enough to when we lose the ball and, like this pass was fucking superb. Yeah. Green, maybe a bit of luck with his touch, but absolutely brilliant. The touch took him right into the way he's supposed to go, and I genuinely have no words to describe this. Maybe he was trying to be cute, but I actually flabbergasted by that miss. I mean, I was up off the couch. I was looking at it going, here is the goal. This is, There's no way he's going to miss. Tab's positioning was poor as well. He was over... It was like that... Do you remember that um, Doherty uh, <laughs> screenshot in Derry where he's standing beside the post? Like, yeah. Well, this was... His positioning was poor. All he had to do was roll it into the bottom corner and he went trying to be smart and... Put it into the bottom right hand corner, and yeah, it just—it was baffling that he went for that side, that post. I actually could not believe it. Genuinely couldn't believe it. I mean, we're not—we're not, not going to come down hard on Greener missing a one on one. It's just more so that he went for the wrong side and ended up being such a tame effort. That was a disappointing thing about it. But he makes up for it later, Gar. What he says to Talbot. Oh, certainly does. Certainly <laughs> does. I love this. I love it. Well, yeah, so the, those misses and then the first half overall. Uh, all action, fantastic first half to watch. So it was, uh, it was a good game. A lot of open, a lot of openness. Like. Unbelievable. Both open. teams going for it. Both teams are going for it. It's really good to see. That was the best 45 minutes of a derby yeah. in the gust of 10 years, maybe. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if we were there, you know? Yeah, scales likened it to a basketball game. Yeah, going had, back and forth. Yeah, yeah, that's what it really was. Yeah, you had great the two team. goals, you had the... Two sitters missed. Like every time we went forward, we looked like scoring, and we looked like conceding every time as well. Scalesy, yeah, good man. He's a, a big fan of the chase as well. Apparently, be the chaser, <laughs> so that's something to look out for as well. We did play some lovely ball times, especially especially down the left side. It was great link up work with Scales and Burke. Um, Andrea was excellent again. Such a good player, isn't he? Yeah. Definitely. I mean, we could work. We could mm. work a lot of things through him as well. And mm. Scales is uh, relishing and 
living life on the left wing at the minute. I mean, yeah. it's it's given us a headache as well. Hopefully, Cavo gets fit. And we've got Ferruja to come back as well. Young Max Morphy. I mean, we've a plethora of bodies out there. I'm liking the vocabulary there. You like that? Yeah. I was listening to Jim Beglin earlier on. I was. I heard he that. He was saying yeah. you have to get your thesaurus out every so often. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, the first half, good stuff, and then straight into the second half, prof, um, no changes. I thought there might be one or two, but I don't think we played that bad to to constitute a change to justify a change. It wouldn't it wouldn't have been any point at all. I mean, playing well, fair enough, they were getting at us as well, but to change that in a half time is a bit. It would have been a statement more than anything because there was no one really playing poorly. Although that's up, that's up for debate as well. But first twenty and twenty five minutes of the second half, prof. Yeah, I mean, Bows, Bows are by far the better team in this period. Uh, as this was unfolding, I was I was fearing the worst. To be honest, yeah. I was thinking this this is it's going to be a defeat. They they looked like cutting us open every time they attacked. Yeah. Every time they attacked, I just thought to myself, these guys are just they're getting a lot of joy, especially at wide. They kept switching it out left to board, and we kept getting caught. Yeah. And poor Gannon. That was the same ball every time. It Gannon was just, just wasn't with it at all. It was just a diagonal ball to Bert, and they were. In on goal. Yeah. Let's be honest, Gannon was blown out of his arse. He mm. doesn't seem fit. He doesn't seem fit at all. And that's... I don't know. We don't know what's going on. May have been another injury there because for the second time this season he limped past me out the gate. So. <sighs> it's not good at all, is it? But he but, he wasn't just... He wasn't himself. It wasn't the Gannon we know. So. Mm. Yeah, Kelly hit the outside of the post. That was their best chance uh, in that spell. So nearly scored there. I felt he should have took that one in. Do you know what? That was agonising, wasn't it? When he yeah. struck it, I was just going, that's going into the corner. Very, very lucky to get away with that one. And they kept pushing on as well, but we decided to make a couple of subs as well, Prof. We brought Finn and Gary O'Neill on, and some say that if Gary O'Neill should be starting. Finn is going to find it hard to get into this team. Well, Finn came on for Gannon. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. even a midfield switch. He's re- that's what I'm saying. He's, yeah. he's, he's going to find it hard to get into this team. So, And O'Neill on for what? I've noticed some comments saying that not happy we, with the sub we, we don't know what is in we we rarely seem to get a good 90 minutes out of Watts yeah he's a bit of a you could say a bit part player but like we said is he going to get in ahead of Bork or Mandrew Mandrew is he going to get in ahead of those two and if he does are you going to play him in the centre of the midfield where we could be we could be left lacking because of his you know lack of defensive ability which isn't it's just how it is like he wouldn't be known as a defensive midfielder so if you play him in the middle with like a Gary O'Neill you're leaving yourself a little bit exposed if you play Mandrew and Bork as well from McGreener because you're you don't exactly have a grafter in there. Like we're really missing McInef as well. Like that all round midfielder. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I think what Ma- like McCann, great range of passing and he's very tidy on the ball, but he doesn't have a McInef has as regards to a his, battling midfielder and his energy and his energy. Yeah, that's exactly it. So um, yeah, so we'll talk about uh, the Peno incident, profit. Oh. This was unbelievable. Um, second I saw it, right, I just thought, Peno. The second it happened, so I'm gonna we'll break it down bit by bit. So you've got Mandrew making a run from the right-hand side. Great bit of play. Superb. Once again, Gaffney changes the game when he comes on. He must be the best sub I've ever seen at Robert. He's money makes the most impact every single time. Lovely bit of one-two. Those triangles that we talked about finally coming off. Gaffney puts in Danny. Danny's going in. Danny's striking this first time. Mm. Just as he's about to strike it, a hand. He's ahead of the. He's ahead of the defender. Therefore, he has beaten him for pace. A little bit of quick thinking, and he has a step on him. 
has the pace on him, goes to strike it, a hand goes on his shoulder, pulls him. That is a free kick. No, sorry, that is a foul and a penalty. It's simple. So, of the letter of the law, he put his hands on him and he pulled him back. Was there an attempt for the ball? That's what people don't seem to understand. If they don't know, I don't think they know the rule came in. If it's a penalty, then it's the red card. I've heard I've heard five different podcasts this week and some of them are saying, I think it's a penalty, but it's not a red card. Well, then shut up. You don't he know the put, rules. Yeah, learn the fucking rules. He put his hands on his shoulder. Therefore, there's no attempt for the ball. He didn't tackle him. If he had went in and slid in with his foot, he'd have got a yellow. He wouldn't have been sent off. If you want to argue that you don't think it's a penalty, that's fine. It's your opinion. Yeah, that's no problem. But the letter of the law says that if you don't make an attempt on the ball... You can be sent off. Like if he yeah. had a tackle slid, slid in there, that's an attempt for the ball. Like he wouldn't have got sent off. Like I said to you earlier, there's there's a lot of focus on the contact. Whereas I was looking at Mandrea's movement. Mm. Like you would say, he was he was shaping up for a shot, and he was pushed off the ball. And he had a little bit of he had yeah. about a yard on him. He had a couple, yeah. maybe a yard or two on him, and he got ahead of him. Quick thinking, in a, in ahead of his marker, about to take a strike on goal. He gets pulled back. Fucking plain as day, plain as day. Let's call it how it is. And you know it's the linesman also flagged for. There you go. There. It's because it's Rovers. Like, <laughs> simple. The move on. Stonewaller. Simple. See the fury of the balls players. Oh, it was like, brilliant. Five or six of them like surrounded him immediately. I was just, I yeah. had my hands out. I was just like, <laughs> oh, just sucking it up, hooking it to the veins. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. But, um, yeah, so the, the red card as well. Fury on the Bowes bench. I think Long was about to explode like a fucking bottle rocket. Screamer on Halloween night in and around <laughs> Tallis skyline. It was brilliant. Um, the penalty as well. Very, very funny incident after. But Borky, Borky's going to miss one of these eventually. Keeper should have saved this. The one beforehand, he rolled down the middle. Cheeky, cheeky, Benno. But this one... Keeper could be catching this, in my opinion. Maybe it's just because of the view behind the goal, but do you feel he kind of telegraphed it? He he near uh who did do Bork? Yeah. Did, I just uh, like Do you think so? Because when you, you when you get the view behind the goal, you're getting the goalkeeper's view. Yeah, yeah. It just seemed like he's clearly aiming for that corner. So if you're gonna telegraph it, you, you need to bury you, it. You need to place it. Yeah. And it wasn't very well placed, but No. And uh, it's 40 to go for the club, by the way. Oh, 40 to go, lovely. 40 to go. Catching up on Gary McCabe there. And, uh, and he scored it against Butterhands. Butterhands! Sounds like a, a bad <laughs> South Park character. Brilliant stuff. Or how You're in there, Butterhands! Butterhands! Brilliant. I'm loving the fact that that's, that, that uh, bit of needle is there as well. Yeah. And I tell you what, fucking Buckley and Greener. Let them two out in the cage in the, in the in the squared circle. That was brilliant. Um, two words though, right there, sums up Greener's passion for hours. And his shit housery, but also his passion. Mm. You love to see it. But the brilliant thing is about Greener is he knew when when he missed that he could tell, like you could see in his face, and he's thinking, oh, like it really hit him. It really hit him. That's why I didn't mind if he's too hard on him. He's more disappointed because than himself. He knows himself. Yeah. And then he came out in the second half and he yeah. led the line. He fucking in their faces. He just put a shift in because he knew. He knew I have to do a lot more to make up for this now. And that was brilliant. Brilliant. Totally forgiven. But starts need to start putting them away. There's one in Drada. There's one there. Let's not make a trade. Or at least hit the target. Yeah. So it's it's done. 
We'll move on and we'll talk about the. Uh, you said they spoke about the penalty debate on podcasts. Probably talk about that. Um, well, I just, would, it's a pinch of salt with a lot of those podcasts as well. And I have to say, I have to say it live. I am liking Carly's call. I'm gonna take it all back. What I said about you. You've totally flip flopped on that one. Yeah, there. It's no. It's more Stewie Bourne than that. I like Stewie Bourne. He's good, and they've good guests. And Stewie, Stewie I think no, they're already. They're already. We'll, give, we'll let them away but they get the mm. they get the seal of approval we haven't put anyone on the list of hatred in a while I might put someone on there and think about it <laughs> I think since I'm being nice I have to scale it back down again Ray Whelan Chef Ray four panellists on RT podcast said it wasn't the pen on Friday Carl Belgrade Shepherd was one of them um, <sighs> yeah I know we, we covered it a bit there a moment ago but they were all talking about the podcast you had you had Conan Byrne admitting that he didn't even know the double jeopardy rule mm. so why, why get involved at all then? Or the triple threat rule, according to Mark Rossiter. This sounds like WWE Friday Night Raw. <laughs> like that, that's embarrassing stuff. I was actually listening yeah. to Rossiter on a podcast there recently and it was absolutely fantastic because they were talking about uh, the Red Bull. Oh, that was with Brian Murphy. Do you remember that? that? Yeah. I, was, I still remember that vividly. I was watching that and I think he let it go. I think whatever way it worked, we were having great crack yeah. with all the Red Bull puns after it. But he just let it go and it was just brilliant. Thank you, man, Janko. I remember, I remember the goal vividly. Remember it? Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, it was absolutely brilliant. And they dissected it. I've never heard a pass back dissected for 10 minutes. Yeah, it was class. Yeah. I meant to put it on the group. I was like, lad, listen to this. This is just uh, fucking brilliant. So we're talking about Bose demise yeah. in depth here. Um, but, but the opinions on, aside from the podcast, just even the fans, uh, you know, social media. The hatred is real. Oh yeah, ref and rovers pocket. Are they forgetting how much shite we endured in these derbies? By this ref. By this ref. It was exactly two years to the day. What? That, Clark and Grace? That McLaughlin fucked us over. <laughs> that is right. brilliant. So the, the idea that McLaughlin would want to give us a penalty. It's just laughable. Can we just get that out there and say there's actually very, very little few refs with any Rovers affiliations. We know Harvey's balls. Grew up with a ball, ball season ticket. Can't just pay for St. Kevin's. He's balls. It's simple. Do you know what I mean? No other refs have any affiliations. None. None whatsoever. Except for None Jim. of them used to sell programs. Except for Justin Mason's no, mate. Yeah, yeah, no, no, never saw programs forever. But uh, great show by Merrill. He put up a picture. He put up a video of uh, Keith Long's post-match interview after he after they beat us two years ago with the two red cards. Yeah, and the ball hitting Lee Grace in the what face, and he yeah, and got a red and a penalty for that. And uh, what did Keith Long say? He said, "Contentious decisions, but I think the ref guessed them right." Well done. Just like karma, it's a bitch, isn't it? <laughs> Goes around, comes around, swings around, bouts. Any more? Any more there? No, you, you clearly want me to fuck into your veins, do you? <laughs> yeah. But just jump back there for a sec, Eric, because the last 15 minutes, uh, even with the man advantage, we had to see that out. Oh, yes. As you said at the time, you were like, who has 10 men here? What was going like? We were like, seriously, who has the 10 men? That's exactly what we were thinking. It's like, it's really tough because they're putting the pressure on and they were still coughing up chances. So, the, I mean, the, we did well in the end. The nerves were gone. Totally gone. I got that feeling back. Do you know, just when you, you're you just thinking, these are going to have one chance. Like, they're going to, they're going to mm. get a goal. I was convinced. Yeah. But I mean, um, we, we rather look at times for sure, but 
Big time, yeah. But I think but, there was a lot of big performances in that second half. Probably going to talk about man the match and scales getting it by RTE. I thought Pico was fucking a rock at the back in the second half. I thought he was yeah. brilliant. He won everything. It's been a while since we've had to win aerial battles quite a lot. He was brilliant. Mm. He was brilliant in the second half for me. He had, I think it was actually the first half, not the end, but he had like a double block. Yes. Like those ones. I think like he blocked the shot and then he ran over to the edge of the box and blocked it again. Vintage Pico. Yeah. Like it really was brilliant. And as, and again, like I thought Greener had a great second half. Mandrew, he's starting to come on leaps and bounds for me. I think he's going to be a big mm. player. Uh, can he do the jack roll? Can he play that free roll? Or Borky? See, that's the thing. Borky's going to get the free roll now at the minute. And he is relishing it. But do you think, here's the debate, is Borky slowing down our play with this free roll when he picks it up deep? Because when he picks it up deep, right, everyone kind of just not stands still, but it's right, okay, let's see what Borgie does. And we'll mm. play on from that. Do you know what I mean? That's the way it works sometimes. Like He'll pick it up deep, just in their half, might skin someone, and then it's let's let's walk on from Borgie and see what, what he does. Yeah, I know what you mean. There is a bit of an element of that, you know, so... But when it works, it really works. <sighs> when the triangles are in motion. Once we get them going, we are, but our passing's been poor, so it's something we have to pick up on and hopefully get a little better. But the man in the match, who else, Prof? I thought uh, a lot of people picked out Tierney from Bowes he was excellent yeah he's a super little player Bort yeah. was great bar the miss don't, like, but yeah. don't, don't underestimate how, Bert, how well he played Bert caused havoc and he, he gave Hoare a terrible time sure even like, uh, like we had to sub Gannon Gannon came off because of it hmm. he got absolutely ran rings around blown out of his arse so there was a much of debate about the man the match award as there was the penal very hard to pick like a very lot, hard to pick, lot yeah. of people were impressed by scales but did didn't feel he was man the match. That's all. But um, yeah, Brazzer, Brazzer had quite the grin on him after I interviewed him. Gar, he, he was a happy man. Must Big say. cheesy Cheshire cat grin. Good to yeah. see. And um, yeah, I didn't hear it on TV, but uh, a few lads were texting me that RTE had beat me to a stat. Fuck off! Doubt it. And that was that. It was the first time Roberts had beaten Bowes four times in a row since the nineteen sixties. I presume this was George Hamilton on commentary. So yeah, Gareth, they beat me too. Prof. Or at least they would have if it were true. Oh! So Prof hears this and he goes, <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> because this was absolute <laughs> nonsense. First of all, it's five in a row. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say, Don't be giving them anything. Let's slandering ju- you. Let's just presume they meant far on the league, right? Still wrong. Both stats are wrong. Oh, Prof with the knockout yeah. punch. Yeah, because we had five straight wins over Bowes from 1989 to 1990. That was four league games and one Leinster Senior Cup tie. So leave the stats to the professionals. Just drop the mic there, Prof. <laughs> drop the mic and head off into the sunset. Uh, seven shots to five on target. 61 to 39 possession and Keith Long said they played us they played us off park um, shocking like come on think about it think about it absolutely madness for him to say that they had a good couple of spells they did create chances but like the possession is a big thing possession is a big thing they absolutely bells off the park from the 45th minute to the 65th I'll, I'll give them that yeah 20 but, minute spell they had a 20 minute yeah. spell but no definitely didn't play us off and the they park. certainly carved us open many a time in the first half but um, yeah. Overall, very happy, very very happy with the win. Um, but at the end of the day, ten points ahead of balls, mind the gap. Exactly, mind the gap. So great, great stuff. 
Um, really happy with that. you got to be happy with the win against the Bows. Um, Do you notice they're winning the Watch LOI League table, Gar? What's that? What's that about, by the way? Is that how many people are watching it? So, based on how many people chose uh, that club as their, their team they follow when when they registered on Watch LOI. Okay. So, Bows uh, got the most. How, where are we? We're second. Second, yeah. But here's an interesting one. James Lowe points this out. If you're a First Division club fan, you have to select a Premier Division team okay. as your team to register. So how many First Division clubs do you reckon would have picked us? Zero. Zero. Zero, yeah. And aren't Bowes... And how many would they have picked yeah. just to annoy us? Bowes. Aren't Bowes a club that apparently everyone loves now? We have like... Fans of other clubs saying, "Oh, if I could, I could. I support Bowes. Oh, yeah. Can I switch clubs? Yeah. I want to support Bowes." No, see now. him. See him. Where does he need to get? <laughs> he needs to get into the sea. Yeah, that's what that fella needs to do. I can. Can't just, fo- no, you can't. The no, sea and too, you can fuck off from Rovers as well. Don't want you. To be honest, the sea is too good for him. Yeah, the sea is too good. <laughs> well, into a volcano there. Live Oriel Prof. This head case. This is your man Jerry. Is it? Yeah. This fella's not real. He's fake. <laughs> Seven marbles in his mouth. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you look a squirrel. Look a squirrel. Um, the prawn sandwich media will be delighted. Rovers won. Highway robbery. Oh, I love it. I love it. Are we blocked? Does he block us? Can we follow? I can't remember. Ah, oh, we got to follow. Um, madness. But uh, Kieran Staff, friend of the show, and the ultras are having a disagreement over the best lyrics to the Mandroyu song. I'm going on with Staff. I'm sorry, I'm going mm. with staff. Prof, you have them there. Have you got the lyrics? No, I don't have the lyrics. It's gimme, gimme, uh, gimme, Abba. I think the ultras went with gimme, 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 Dan Mandrew at midnight. Won't you come and help me chase the boas away, right? Mm-hmm. Staff's is gimme, 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 Dan Mandrew from Fibsborough. Oh, Danny scoring goals and away, so home and away, something home like that. Away, yeah. Home and away. I'm liking staffs. I'm liking staffs. I must say, we're gonna have to get a poll. I'm, I'm leaning to our staff. What about the pronunciation, though? Because he says it's Mandroyu. It's it is Mandroyu, isn't it? We'll have to ask him ourselves because I'm, so, I'm flip flopping back and forth as well. Well, can we sing "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme"? Uh, that Mandroyu. No, no, we're gonna have to go with Mandrew. We're not gonna go with that too. That there is be- a way you can twist it. You can say "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme, Mandroyu." After midnight, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to clear this up with him from themselves. I think he did, but now we'll we'll have to probably drop the the roll of the R. We'll have to we'll have to find out. We'll clear it up. So uh, yeah, that's uh, we'll get the actual lyrics and then we'll have a poll. We'll see what we do, how we get on. So we've had uh, former Rovers player and uh, Dosser in general, Dave Webster coming up now. So Dave is currently flying with Finn Harp. So here's Dave. So, Webby, welcome to the show. Uh, first, you can tell us uh, where you started playing football, what clubs and what league led you to Bray Wanderers? Um, yeah, good to see you, Carl. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I suppose um, kind of started off um, locally, sorry, with uh, with uh, Freehouse Carmel. Um, I think I started very young. I was maybe about four or five, playing for my uncle's team. And then... Um, Kind of kicked off from there. I spent a few years there. I think under tens then. Um, my cousin actually owned oil. He went on trials then with Shelburne. So uh, I uh, tagged along for the trial and uh, ended up signing for. He was a year older, so signed for, for the younger team. So 
I played the shells then, probably schoolboy all the way up to about maybe 15 or 16. And then um stopped playing for a bit and hooked up with Joey's with uh would have been Dane Massey's dad, Paul Massey. Yeah. Um <laughs> he was a great lad, yeah, he was he was a great coach. So uh, uh he actually took over a knock line team, which is local to me here, and um I don't know what happened, something happened behind the scenes and I don't know what happened, he had to leave anyway and uh so he took me um his son Lloyd. Uh, which we danced for that and a few others up to Joey's then and then it just connected through Bray there they had a connection with Bray with the 21s and um, went in there about I think it was 18 maybe playing for 21s for a couple of years and uh, yeah really enjoyed it absolutely loved it um, it was a big shock you know we went up and trained with the first team a couple of times but they're still only a young player only 18, 19 and, um, and I found it tough at the start uh, but yeah just kicked on from there then really that was Eddie Garmany who signed you on your first uh, pro contract. Like, so had you been in college or were you working at the time? Um, at the time, I had just started. I think I just done my leave cert, um, and then I, I went to Tal IT for, I think it was about maybe, <laughs> it only lasted about four or five months. Um, I was trying to get, I was getting a sniff of first team football then, you know, I just wanted to be a footballer. So, um kind of college work and education kind of took a back seat and uh, um, I think it was Eddie Wallace true true Eddie Wallace and um, he got me into the fast cars you know they do um fast in the FAI on a fast car so and then um, rings end so I've done that for a bit and uh, then I broke through the force team then at Bray and then um, yeah he gave me a chance uh, I think I don't know what age it was maybe 19 20 it was actually against Raw it was actually the debut was yeah, Paddy Cotton went down injured, it came on, and uh, I think it was actually a 1 0 win. <laughs> Very rare, so I break. Um, back then, like, um, yeah, and then just kicked off in there, really. Yeah, and Eddie was known as quite the player in his day. Did he ever get involved in the training matches? He did, yeah, <laughs> he get involved in set pieces all the time. You know, <laughs> the lads are practicing the free kicks and uh, the corners, he could over and show them how to do it, but um. Yeah, just technically he was brilliant. He still had it. You could see he was going to the left side, taking his left foot, going to the right side, taking his right foot. Same with the free kicks on the left side, just both footed. And yeah, I'd say he was frustrated that uh, the lads that were, were, were taking them weren't as up to the quality as he was, you know. Um, he was a great manager. Um, you know, we've, we learned a lot from him at the time. I think me and uh, Chris Shears only talked about there recently, and maybe about uh, a month or two ago, we were talking about it. And, you know, to get through and be given a chance at a Premier Division club so early and so young, um, it, it was great. Like and uh, fair play to for for throwing us in, you know. I don't know if you've looked back at any of the old photos, but you were sporting uh, quite the hairstyle back then. I think it was known as the Tata Fringe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, I get reminded of that picture every now and again. It always pops up. You know, someone always sends it to me. Yeah. I was just straight down at the side there. I was, I was straight down, just this is straight across. And I was kind of known for it, yeah. Um, yeah, I had, the, I had the fringe down like that. I had the puffy cheeks and all. I still had a bit of baby for me. Um, yeah, it's good. it all pops up in your Facebook memories every now and again. You know, I get a good laugh out. Like you said, you made your debut against Rovers and you scored your first League of Ireland goal against the Hoops in 2009. Did you have any soft spot for the Hoops? <laughs> Do you know what? Uh, it was always shells of me growing up because I played with them um, you know all the skills we always would have went to the, the matches after our training sessions um, 
from where well, under 11s up to well, under 15s, under 16s. So, uh, no, I didn't really have any affiliation with it all. It's always, it's, it's always been a connection that we played. I know they won the league out in Braid. I remember that in that game as well. So, it's always been like a, it's a connection there, always maybe. Um, but I remember at the time making the debut, I remember being. Um, it was Dave Mackey was the coach at the time and he gave me the call and I just shit myself straight away. Because he was standing there and they're going to be on the bench and you know, we'll make sure you're right and get yourself ready and all. And, you know, I was obviously shit myself and uh, you're, you're sitting on the bench praying you don't come on really because we're 1-0 up. And, you know, it was, it was really uh, back to the wall job. I remember the game and I think um, I thought it was Derek Fawn that went down injured but it was actually, I think it was Red Sun, it was Paddy Cavan, I think. And, uh, yeah, just gave it a shout to go warmed up and just stomach fell out my arse straight away. <laughs> we went on and uh, we saw the game out, so uh, I was delighted with it. And 2010, Bray played uh, Villarreal and Millsborough in friendly matches. Were there any standing moments or players from, from those games? Um, I think the Middlesbrough game, I think I remember the Middlesbrough game, I might have been the captain. I think that's what I remember in the memory. I think Gary O'Neill was the... Uh, the middle of a captain at the time. Um, I didn't play the Villarreal game. I think uh, he was got arrested. I think we had a game on the... He might have had a game on the Monday or the Tuesday. Um, but yeah, I remember what, we were sitting in the stand watching that game and he had like Senna in the middle pulling the strings. I think they had a couple of... We had a couple of World Cup winners from, from the Spain squad in it. And, you know, the, the golfing class is just... You know, when you see it up close, it's just it's crazy. Like, and you mentioned there you played uh, the, the last game of the season when Rovers clinched the league title for the first time in 16 years. Still the biggest crowd ever at the Carlisle Grounds, I think. Um, yourself and a young Gary Shaw played that night. What do you remember? Yeah, I know. Do you know, I actually remember kind of well. Uh, I think we went one nil up. Maybe Jake. Did Shazzy didn't score, did he? No, Shazzy scored, yeah. Shazzy scored, yeah. And one nil up, Shazzy scored. I think we kind of woke the beast then after going one nil up. <laughs> we were... Uh, <laughs> We were kind of hanging on for ages, yeah, and all the atmosphere was was unbelievable. I remember walking out and seeing all the Rovers fans on the left, and even our side, the Bray, the Bray side, was jammers as well. And um, behind the back hole as well, up by the the Bray bowl end, and fireworks going off and flares, and it was just you know the, the smoke going across the pitch and all. It was it was an unbelievable night, and just to be, to be a part of it, I suppose, and you know even looking at it, then you're kind of looking on in envy. You know you wanted to be part of something like that, and um. I remember thinking to myself, was that Bray a good few years? And you know, you're always thinking to yourself, will you ever get a chance to to step up maybe and and, and challenge at the, the other end of the table? And um, lucky enough, I, I got called in a couple of years later. Yeah, Charles, he was only a nipper back then. He was 18 years old. We, we've had him on the show and he, he recalls <laughs> having a one-on-one chance with Alan Manis right at the end of the game and he scuffed it. And he reckons if he had <laughs> okay. scored that, he wouldn't have made out there alive. <laughs> I remember, yeah. Only Jay, he would have... He would never have lived it down, yeah. Especially signing for always then later on, yeah, uh, in his career. Um, I remember, I remember the chance, yeah. Um, I remember the game. I think Twiggy scored. Did he? Twiggy got the equaliser, did he? Yeah. The winner as well. Did he get two? I think Twiggy scored first, and then Tommy Stewart. Tommy Stewart, yeah. Tommy Stewart got the winner. Um, I remember, yeah, because Andy Stevens was playing as well. I went to school with Andy, so uh, I was playing right back at the time. I think I played right back. And it was left back, so uh, yeah, it was a good game. You know, it was good to test yourself against Ender because Ender was a fantastic even back then, fantastic player. You could always see that he's going to have a, a good career ahead of him. You know. 
So off the pitch, you had a, you had a brief stint in on post, which saw you last uh, the guts of a month in the DMC. Uh, is it true that you, the quickest you ever moved was when, was when it was time to clock out? <laughs> yeah, we spent a month hiding in there every day. That's all we've done. <laughs> <laughs> we paid to hide. That's all we were doing. Yeah, I know. We had some cracking there. Uh, I know Gary's brother was there as well. Tomo, what's his name? Was it Tomo? Tomo, yeah. Tomo, yeah, yeah. Like some nights at Tomo, they on uh, some of the night shifts at Tomo. Yeah, it's great, great. Um, yeah, no, we had a good group was in there. I think it was me, Simon Madden. Um, I think Brando was in with us as well. I think Tim Clancy done it for a while as well. Uh, I was some laugh, but uh, yeah, cause, you know, it's, it's the typical you're looking for a job, you know, it's this what the season finishes. Um, I was end of October, you're looking for a job then, so it's just typical of the League of Ireland, you know. But there was loads knocking about. I remember Finno, I think Finno was at Dundalk and he was in there as well. There was a, a few other players in there as well, so you know, we had a bit of crack. It's actually it's decent. Man. So seven seasons at Bray and then Pat Fenn and Tucky Drovers in November 2014. How did that move come about? Um, yeah, I remember, I think the assistant manager at the time at Bray, Barry O'Connor, he rang me and he said that um, there, could be, there could be some interest there. And obviously I was taken aback by it. I was really surprised. Um, I had a good year. I remember and the matches was a gaffer. He made me captain. So... Um, a really good year, really enjoyable year as well. I really enjoyed it. I remember the one of the games at the end of the season. I think we beat all through with Dundalk to, to stay open. Um, that was a real highlight, you know. Uh, it was just one of them games where the, the weather was horrendous as it usually is down in Brace, you know, when it, I guess around the end of the season. And uh, um, <clears throat> that stuck in my memory that game did. And then um, I was actually away. I was away in Vegas at the time. And obviously, with the time difference and the uh, I got a, a missed call off the number and uh, I would never check the voicemail. I'd come in, I'd had a few obviously and just coming out of the casino and uh, <laughs> I'd come into the room and I've seen the, the phone and I've had a, a missed call and I rang the number back. I think I'm nearly sure it was late at night and uh, obviously Pat's, he said it's Pat and whatever, he's looking to, to get you down, would you have a chat and stuff and I'm thinking, <laughs> in my head at the time, had a few drinks on me as well and I'm thinking it's a, uh, Danny O'Connor, you know, Danny O'Connor, yeah. played a role for a bit. Uh, absolute legend, head case, like, loves to crack, loves winding up. And I'm on the phone thinking, <laughs> you're winding me up here, Danny, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I think I remember Pat going, no, no, I'm serious. It's, it's, it's Pat, like, I don't know what I don't know, like, you know what I mean? So, um, so you convinced uh, you he was real? Yeah, convinced. And then, uh, yeah, obviously got home then and uh, met up with him in a few chats and uh, got the deal done straight away snapping the hand off them really you know so I was delighted to get the opportunity and I wasn't going to let that go so yeah it was, it was a great time man. So skipping forward about a year then uh, tell us about the trip to India what are your lasting memories of that? <laughs> uh, the last memory of in India was um, <laughs> geez, we, I remember we went on a, <laughs> we went on a mad one one like Pat let us out for uh, you know obviously we, we, we stuck in and uh, we were, we were stuck really in the hotel for maybe to go to three weeks nearly and I think near the end of it everyone's kind of at the end of the tether and you know the lads wanted to get home some lads had kids as well and we were knocked out of the tournament as well and you know just wanted to get home and whatever way the flights were working we had to wait or somewhere I don't know what the story was going on in the background but um, yeah I think maybe uh, Pat took us out then uh, on the nights um, I think he might have got it off 
Davy Rogers. Davy Rogers was over there coaching. I think Davy um, had told him that there was a bar down the road or something, and, and Pat was going <laughs> to bring us down to the bar. And we actually went out. I think myself. It was him. He was probably myself, Barry Murphy. I think Gav Brennan. I think we snuck across the road to have a few few beers early, lads. And then the word got out that we were over there, and for I'd say the space of twenty minutes, we had the whole squad. And this, this is, I can't even explain. It's not even a bar. Like it was. Like, they didn't even have taps around. They just had like big fridges full of beers, and we, we drank the fridge dry. And all they had was kingfisher. You know, large bottle the kingfisher. Yeah. Like the change dry. I were in, and I was honestly one of the best times ever. Like one of the my best memories in football. Uh, just that whole day and night, it was just absolute carnage. Like the lads up on the table singing, and all the Indian fellas were coming out with their phones recording us, and all they didn't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was carnage. It was crazy, but uh, yeah, I was actually talking to Danny North there um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think he had a picture of, of something open um, to do with India, and uh, we were just saying like you look back how mental that. You know, an Irish team going to India for pre-season and a tournament and you know you're kind of thinking how lucky you were to be a part of it you know because it was it was great like absolutely loved every minute of it it was just uh, it was hard work because obviously it was pre-season so um, we were getting up early in the morning we had to do our training early in the morning because uh, it got to about 10 or 11 o'clock it was too warm so we're getting up early doing our training and then obviously coming back and a lot of time to yourself just sitting around the hotel really and we, we did go out the uh, the odd time do a bit of exploring, but um, there wasn't really much to explore. And you know, it was <clears throat> it was very uh, poverty stricken all around us. You know, you could you could really see it around, and um, it was a great experience. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. It, was, it was brilliant. That mad night you're talking about with the bottles of Kingfisher is this when uh, Pat Craig nearly lost a limb after an <laughs> encounter with a ceiling fan? <laughs> I still have the video for that. So I get it out the odd time. I'm in a WhatsApp group with um, Barry Murphy and Soy still and Dave O'Connor. And we, we still chat about it. And we always send the other uh, random picture or video in of uh, of the trip to India. I have a big album in me, in me, uh, in me cloud. And I'm getting, <laughs> I've got loads on it. It's brilliant. Padges up singing. And he was, uh, I don't know what he was singing. He was singing Fields of Hatton Roy, I think. And he's giving a large with the hands up. And he's trying to, the fan has chopped his hand. And uh, he's just jumping down, ah, you know, just screaming, ah, screaming. <laughs> and uh, we've, uh, I think the next day, Tony Max called me in, uh, he's called me into the physio room, and he's just like, where have you? He says, what's going on here? He says, what happened to Page? He says, he was, someone stabbed you. Thought you thought, originally, you thought he got stabbed. You thought he'd done something, and someone stabbed him in the hand. <laughs> we were like, no, not at all. Like, they were worried, like, is something going to happen here? Like, it's... They're gonna to come to the hotel and fucking come back out because he must have done something. Like, and we were like, nah, 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 we was just we were messing like, and he chopped his hand. Like, he told him it was just a seating fan, no worries. Just a seating fan, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Looking at me like a tail heads. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, that was brilliant. Uh, I mean, yeah, great times that. Like, Doc getting up, Doc's uh, Doc's party shaking, singing wagon wheel. You know, uh, <laughs> a Doc up singing wagon wheel. Nah, that was brilliant. Did you read Doc's diary then at the end of the day? Yeah, yeah. Every time. It was absolutely brilliant. I loved every time. And uh, see, I remember the one where he used to have uh, he used to have pill tournaments. He only sent to me there a while ago. He done one about me winning the pill tournament. I gave a shout at the end. Fucking hilarious. It was brilliant. That's him all over as well, though. You know, he's absolute funniest man I've ever met. I think hilarious. Like, and he got it through. Uh, he got across brilliantly in the diaries, you know. The sense of humor, like, it was great. 
Uh, we had Danny North on the podcast as well, and he said it nearly kicked off with the Argies back in the hotel after that game. Yeah, I think something might have happened there. Something might happen in the cafeteria, I think. Um, they were like that, though, you know. They were, I don't know, they were, they were arrogant, really. Uh, young and arrogant, but I'm, I'm sure a lot of them grew up on the, the, the streets in, in Argentina, you know what I mean? Like, I'd say we probably might have been a, Picking the wrong fight with some of them, um, but uh, yeah, I remember. I remember the game. Even we played the German team. I don't know who it was. I can't remember what they were called. Even the Germans, that, like that game, had a lot of needling as well. We were, we were kicking lumps out of each other. Um, yeah, the Irish team. I thought there's a good picture. I have a good picture for the scrapbook here. Uh, Dad keeps the scrapbook like, and it's one of me and Gary McCabe. Some poor little Argentinian fella. He's only what so easy to me and Gary just. <laughs> two faces on us like screaming down his throat but uh, yeah I think maybe something like kicked off in the cafeteria I can't really remember um, I just remember Doc and me it's the, the one memory I have of, I think Doc had, they had the field and it's like a buffet and I remember uh, Doc got a big plate of I could have been curry and other things loads of sauce on the plate like when I've gone up gone that looks you know being a gob show, like I've gone up to you, said, Looks great, Doc. What's that? And he goes, Yeah, yeah, smells lovely. Smell it down. I put my face on, put it straight in my face. There's a curry gripping down my face. That's my last memory of that cafeteria. Fuck's sake. And look at Doc now. Yeah, uh, he's doing brilliant. Um, still chat to him the odd time. Uh, keep in touch with him. You know, uh, he's a great fella. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's doing brilliant. Um, absolutely. I think she has. They should they were some of the squad there where they should really come back up and um, it's a credit town, they kinda of changed everything around. Um, especially the American side of it. I think he's took the job very well. Um fair play to him, yeah. Long may continue. So the first European campaign that was against Progress Niederkorn and OzBK. Uh you scored a goal actually against the Luxembourg side, but then we crashed out to the Norwegian. So very fun memories of those. Yeah, great memories. Um that full packed Palisade, you know, on, on the European night, the atmosphere was electric, really. And, uh, you know, those are the nights, I suppose, when you, you look back um, when your career's over, you know, in 10, 15 years, those are the nights that you'll remember. You live long in the memory, all right. Um, yeah, rare things going to go. The good thing about going to go is two of my mates were up in the stand and, uh, just come to watch, obviously, and I think I'm not sure one of them would back before a goal. And he's giving a lot of slagging during the week, and I'm like, "Don't waste your money, you know what I mean? <laughs> you work hard for your money, don't waste on me." I'm not going to score. And uh, scored a goal, obviously, and, and I've gone down to the I don't know which stand it is in the corner. We're running up to celebrate, and I've looked up and I've seen the two of them running down the stairs, running down the steps. Just by <laughs> chance, they're in the same spot. Like it was brilliant. I'm not sure one of them fell down a couple of the steps. Uh, you may correct. I think it was. But uh, yeah, that was a great memory to, to, to have it a goal. And uh, yeah, I remember being over there. I remember uh, the game in Luxembourg. It was, I think we got a nail all. Uh, we should have beat them over there, really. We got a few chances. But uh, I just remember the heat over there was was mental, very humid. So I think um, getting a nail all there and bringing it back to Tala was, was probably a good result at the time. And um, yeah, I don't know. Who, who was the, the second game against? Uh, Osby K in Norway. Osby K, yeah. Jesus, yeah. I know they had a big, a big lad up front. Um, I think his second name was Ocean, something Ocean. I remember following him then for the. I always checked up because I remember he was very good. Like I think he scored a couple of goals against us, and uh, I was always looking at him. Um, 
for like a year later and he was banging in the goals. I don't know whether he would have got a nil to a bigger club or not, but um they were a real step up, yeah. They were they were quality uh, all over the pitch. Um these are moving at times. <laughs> I think I remember getting sent for a bag of chips over there by some young friend that I think was getting linked to Real Madrid then, I think. Uh, uh he torn I remember the half line, he torn me, so mad and still still rips the bits over. Uh, to this day, is he, have you ever got your man back his chips? Fuck's sake! <laughs> he just told me to stand the circle. It was one of them where you just you just walk off, going out. Yeah, what they can do with it. You know I mean? But yeah, now that was that was I think play football for isn't it? That was uh, those kind of nights, you know, getting to Europe and uh, yeah, it was a great time. Yeah, I loved it. 2016, that was a disappointing season, especially in Europe, getting knocked out to uh, Rops Revenimi. I know, I know you didn't play in either leg, but can you sum up those two legs in three words? How would you do it? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I actually can't remember much about it. I remember no. sitting on the I was, I was looking back uh, before I came on, I was looking back on the phone there to try and refresh the memory of some of the, some of the games and some of um, the highlights, really. And uh, I was just thinking, I couldn't really remember it at all. Like, I remember, I think we got beaten three. I think we were well in the game, in, in, in the home leg, I think we were well in the game at times. And I think we conceded two sloppy goals. And then they got a tour. Did they get a tour? Was it three now? Last two nil at home and drew one nil out there. Two nil, yeah. First one was a yeah. big deflection. Yeah, Gary McKay got the goal out there, didn't he? Yeah, pound, yeah. Yeah. I remember sitting on the bench actually, yeah, and watching it. And you know, we were winning the game over there, definitely winning the game. And um, that was the first leg, was it? Which one? First leg was over. First well, first leg, leg was, was in Tata, second leg in Finland. Finland, yeah. Um, it was a hell of a by Highland, the goalkeeper, in, in the new way leg. Like. I think we made a mistake, did he? I can't even remember. Yeah. That would have been. I think Pat would, that would, Pat would have been gone after that one then, was it? That was the last game of charge, yeah. Then Brazer yeah, came yeah, in yeah. for the second leg. Brazer came in, yeah. That was his first one then. Um, yeah, no, I can't really remember. can't remember. <laughs> so, so Brazer comes in as first-team coach. What were your first impressions of Stephen? Yeah. Uh, you know, from from the, the coaching side of it, with Glenn anyway on the pattern, you know, his knowledge of the game is, is second to none. Um, you know, it's the training sessions were unbelievable, really. Uh, they were fantastic, and uh, I think uh, at, at the time, I suppose he had a, a rocky few, a few years at the start, and uh, I suppose the board sticking by him is uh, it's looking to be one of the, the, the best decisions in, in Irish football at the time because um, he's obviously built a team there now that are uh, kind of, I think it was 26 game one beating run, so. They're kind of looking a bit unstoppable at the minute. Um, but it's all credit to him, you know. Um, absolutely brilliant and fair play to him, you know. Fair play to him for sticking by himself and he stuck to his guns as well. And You know, he made some hard decisions, um, you know, letting people go and, and signing other people. And, you know, it's worked out well for him. So his first full season in 2017, he showed a lot of faith in you. I think you racked up nearly 40 appearances uh, that season. So you're, you're both tattered lads. Did you have a good rapport with Stephen? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did at the time. And Glenn as well. I remember at the time um, <clears throat> we got the deal done, uh, I think around November, December. And um, we came back in then and I sat down and had a chat with Glenn, really. 
and uh, about and Glenn was kind of just what Stephen wanted from me and what what Glenn wanted from me and, and, and how I could really push on a bit and you know I felt that I've done exactly what they asked you know um, I played nearly every game and kind of uh, every more of a presence in the dressing room and uh, kind of grow up a bit I suppose like and uh, uh, kind of mature a bit and um, actually had a very very enjoyable year loved it you know playing week in week out and um, it was disappointing I suppose on the pitch because we didn't really like the place on fire you know at times and um, kind of the architects were on downfall at times with, with mistakes and sloppy goals and stuff and uh, I suppose that would have been a disappointing side of it you know and Europe that season we'd be starting on the Bison with a Gary Shaw goal over there so that's a bit about Shaw's you think you'd be better off playing centre half with yourself <laughs> how I feel for Shaw's because he does he does absolutely Trojan work up top he does <laughs> He never stops running. He does absolutely everything. He holds it up, wins his headers, brings people into the game. He's, he's close and centre half. He does absolutely everything you want. And just sometimes, you know, strikers are judged on their goals. And, uh, and it's unfortunate for him that he didn't really get uh, a, run, a run of goals. And um, geez, if he had a goal for his game, he would have been one of the best strikers uh, the league has ever seen, you know, because, you know, he's great to play with. I love playing with him because. Uh, it's hard work that he brought to the team and stuff. Um, he's great in the dressing room as well. You know, he's a great lad, uh, great banter. Out. <laughs> I actually remember the, actually remember the goal. Yeah, I remember him. <laughs> I think there was a picture of us all celebrating, running away, and I remember him making a funny picture. He's, he's great at making pictures now on the Snapchat, and cutting people's heads out. He made a funny picture. It was hilarious. Oh my god! We did uh, something on the podcast last week. We asked fans to name their top three ever Rovers goals. And one that kept coming up constantly was Graham Burke's one against Milada Boleslav and Tala. Yeah. What do you remember about that goal? Yeah. I think he, it was a throw-in, wasn't it? I think it was a yeah. throw-in and he, he let it across his body. It stuck it in the top left, I remember. Yeah. Down at the the square side goal, yeah. That's some striker. Burke, he has down his locker, though. He's, 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 he's got the halfway line there only two weeks ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's got it in his locker. Uh, yeah, you give him that, that half a yard, he, he's got the quality to, to stick it in the top end. Um, but yeah, it was definitely one of the one of the better goals now I've witnessed, yeah. Uh, the away leg against Mladen Boleslav, the question now on everybody's lips is, who filled Gary Parsons' runners full of water on the club <laughs> charter to Prague? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were at least going to blame awesome. Simon Madden there. He knows it was. Yeah, I love the <laughs> ultimate mess. It. it wasn't anybody else. I'll tell you, Any, anything that ever went on was so man. You <laughs> uh, loved it. Fucking hilarious. Are <laughs> uh, you playing alongside? <laughs> Sorry. I remember that, yeah. yeah. He puddles in his runners, he had, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember how furious he was, yeah. Yeah, I was fuming, yeah. Oh, yeah, so he was down. The two of us were messing up and down that flight, I think. Tying lads, she lads would take their shoes off, you know, because you're on the flight, like, and get your feet out, get comfy, like, and you could you could get under and take their, their shoes out and just taking all the laces out and just trying to get off the plane. The lads are getting off the plane with their socks because their runners are tied together with the lace around. <laughs> uh, very childish, but very funny. <laughs> you're easily amused, Dave. Ah, oh, big time, yeah. <laughs> Some of the past the time, you know what I mean? Just sitting on a fly off flight. Uh, you played alongside Pico Lopez and all four of those European games. Could you see his potential back then? Like, could you have foreseen that he'd become arguably the most complete centre half in the league at the moment? 
yeah, you could big time. Um, I think the thing with Pico is he's getting his just rewards because of the, the hard work he puts in. You know, I don't think I've, I've I've met a better professional than him, to be honest. Um, I think he puts everybody else to shame, really, <laughs> the shape he's in and his his work rate and his work ethic and uh, his attitude towards the game. Um, but yeah, he's come on leaps and bounds there the, the last the last couple of years, and um, it's a credit to Brad's as well, I suppose, for, for sticking by him. You know, there was times when um, I think early on in his career, maybe a rowers, I think he might have played a couple of games that they made, and he kind of had gone through a, a rocky patch, kind of, and um, he stuck by him. And you know, I think it's easy to, to kind of stick by someone that has that attitude and, and, and wants to improve and wants to, to make himself better every day. And, yeah, he's getting his trust rewards, you know. It's great to see. It's great to see. Fair play to him. And any regrets about your career, Roberts? No, no, man, no regrets at all. Um, obviously, you would have liked to have won something and, and, and really challenged them. Um, but you know, I look back on it as as a great, a great time in my career to even get the chance to play at such a big club, and um, I loved every minute of it. You know, I loved every minute of coming in the morning training. Um, we had some great times there, especially that that me last year there. I think it was we just moved into Roadstone, and uh, we had used the we used the I think it was uh, Clondalkin and Rugby Club, uh, not Clondalkin was it? I don't know the Rugby Club we started anyway. We had used their premises well. There was uh, stuff getting built down Roadstone to go in there every morning. We had a little pill table and all. It was, just, it was great crack, you know. I loved every minute of it. And, um, but yeah, now it gets. Not at all. You went on the water for the past you the season each there and then on to your current club, Finn Harps. How are you finding the Harps? Yeah, loving it. Um, we've had a good start this year. Um, we've brought in some, you know, some excellent, uh, some excellent players and uh, we, we had to bring them in because we, we lost a couple of, of good, good quality players and, and kind of big, big names in the dressing room here. And, um, to, to get names in for a place now was very important and they've settled in kind of kind of very quickly and uh, yeah absolutely loving it um, love the people up there love the, the people on the board and um, some some great uh, lads as well as the coaching staff is the coaching staff Ollie and Hegsey um, they're absolutely brilliant uh, they drive us on every day in training and uh, they're just a joy to play for really Is there a Finn Harps equivalent of me up there some fella in a Donegal accent Chasing after you with a microphone and asking you city quiz questions. <laughs> uh, no, 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 that's not. <laughs> no, um, no, the lads, the media team up there are actually they're very good as well. I'm, I'm sure you, I don't know if you know them, maybe if you come across them up there now. No. I know Barty Ramsey, that's about it. Yeah, Barty, you know, yeah, Ethan and um, the other lads now, now at the minute, they do the Finnhards TV. Um, not a great lads, yeah, just like yourself. He's all doing great work in the media side of it. Um, uh, you scored a last minute winner against Waterford a couple of weeks ago uh, I know that made our pal Tommy Kelly a very happy man because that kept him in the last man standing <laughs> but uh, no goals and only a point in your last three so has that put a dent in your title hopes? <laughs> I think I think everyone got a bit carried away maybe in the media and outside um, I think Ollie, poor Ollie was getting fired some 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 uh, crazy questions and uh, you know, in front of the cameras and you know I think he answered them quite well uh, I don't know whether the, the interviewers were expecting anything less from him but um, now look it's, it's a, I think Ali says it 
uh, nearly everything. It's it's where you are after 36 games, you know. Um, I come back to that goal, yeah, I remember I had a, a nice message off Tommy on, on the phone after. <laughs> he was absolutely buzzing with it. Uh, but, um, yeah, look it's, it's, look, it's a long season. We're only six, seven games in, you know. Um, I think if we can just... Maybe if you can knock about maybe mid-table, you know, I think Ali says it right, you know, you, the day can change so quickly. Um, you can find yourself down the bottom very, very quickly, you know. Um, so, we just kind of take it, I know it's cliche, you got to take it game by game. Really do, like, um, oh yeah, no, no talk of any titles at all. Do you guys get a kick out of, of Ali's uh, media interviews? Because they're, they're absolutely hilarious. I've never seen a man play down his team so much. <laughs> just a realist you know um, he's just he's just speaking the truth uh, I think it's especially the way the League of Ireland is you know you could win three games four games and you could be second in the league you could lose three or four and be, be second last you know um, I think Ollie's Ollie you know he's, he's been around the block um, he's, he's great to play for you know um, I love it every minute playing on them and uh, I love the fact he's shown me and he's he's <laughs> He's the only man to see me as a right wing back. <laughs> that shows you how mental he is. <laughs> uh, Adam Foley, Sean Boyd, and yourself, you commute all the way up to Bally Buffet. So who drives and who has the worst habits? Um, Boyd, he has the worst habits um, by a mile. Um, I don't know what the fella does be eating, but uh, we've, had to, we've had to buy a, a can of Febreze to bring with us. So that, that's a bit of a nightmare. But uh, yeah, no, look, uh, Connor Barry jumps in as well. Um, don't leave Connor out there. Connor jumps in a man and we collect Connor a man in there as well. So yeah, no, it's great. Um, like I done all last year, well, I said most of the year on my own last year. And I'd always said oh, I just love doing it on my own, but you know, to have the lads there and um, it's great, you know, you can just have a bit of crack with them and I'm sure the journey's over like that, you know what I mean? Um, we, we stick a podcast on and we, and we chill out and you know, have a bit of a laugh. So yeah, it's great. It makes the journey go that bit quicker, you know. There's a bit of an ex hoops contingent up there, isn't there? That the Rovers 2017 uh, team, Sean Boyd, Ryan Connolly, Ethan Boyle, yourself. Uh, of course, Boyd, he had terrible times with injuries, didn't he? So, how nice is it to see him up and running? Yeah, no, it's great. And, um, you know, long may I continue with him. Um, he's done fantastic well to get back on the pitch. Um, he's had a, a, tough, a tough time of it. I said it was 14, maybe 15, I think. The game against Longford, I think, was his first start in maybe 14 months. Um, I think it's the longest he's played as well. He played 70-odd minutes, maybe 75 minutes. But, yeah, he's absolutely loving it. I think just to, just to get back on the pitch for him is fantastic. And uh, I think he's loving every minute of it now. And he, he kind of just wants to kick on now and see if he can um, contribute in any way, you know. So it's Raw and Baddy Buffet on Friday. Uh, our last meeting, and that was a wild night. Harps two up a half-time and then... The Hoops awarded three penalties in the space of five minutes in the cup quarter final. Had you ever seen anything like that? No, never seen anything like it. Um, it was a bit unbelievable at the time, you know. Were, the handball is a handball. Um, you seen them giving, you know, you've been on the end of them and being on the receiving end of them, I suppose. Uh, uh, they kind of even themselves out over the season. Uh, I think Borges one was soft as well, you know. I think the ball was gone. And, um, He's played it well. He was doing exactly what I would ask my centre forward to do, you know. And uh, yeah, it was just it was a crazy four minutes. And you know, we were just coming out thinking of just keep it tight and kind of get your way into the game. And then I think the referees kind of 
on a bit of a mad one. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, but yeah, I was looking forward to the game now this Friday and a uh, big, big challenge for us. Um, it's going to be a tough night, I'd say, and uh, we're really looking forward to it, you know. Will that tie be on anyone's mind Friday or are you just welcome the challenge of facing the champions and you're looking ah, to yeah, cause an upset? Yeah, no, it's, it's the tie is last year. It's 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 gone now, you know. We won't be thinking about it at all. Um, you know, especially with us and there's been a turnaround of players with, with, with both squads as well. So, you know, it'll be a new challenge and um, it's one we're really looking forward to. Um, but yeah, it'll be really tough for us, really tough for us. Well, thanks for taking the time, Dave. You, I kept you way longer than I promised, but I uh, really appreciate it. I really enjoyed that. Thanks so much. Yeah, no problem at all. Not a thanks, Dave. See ya. Take it easy. Bye bye bye. Yeah, so the football friends, Prof, great stuff from. Um, we have to get that video. I, I need that video in my life, guys. We need the video of Padge losing the limb. <laughs> um, brilliant stuff. Really was. Dave's a great guy and he's always been uh, a friend of the show. So He's a great character, isn't he? Yeah, he's a funny, funny guy. I always liked him at centre half, though. I liked... Mm. I think physically he might have been a little bit lacking. Do you know what I mean? Like, bulk-wise, he, he kind of got out-muscled a little bit. But good ball-playing defender, you know, I liked him. Probably unfortunate because at that stage, uh, like at the end of 2017, Lee Grace had come in second half of the season. And then Brad's are signed Joey O'Brien. And we had Pigo there. So Braz was probably looking at it as like, okay, they're my, my three centre-backs. Mm. And Webby would have to be, you know, backup. Even though Webby was still, still decent quality. Yeah, no, and he's, he's still doing well now as well. He's uh, matured, as he mm. said himself. But I highly, highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a quirky stat, actually. His only goal for Alvarez was in Europe. That was the one against Progress Theatre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was a tap in, wasn't it? I, no I think it was man. in the box, scramble in the box, maybe a tap in. Can't remember it at all. Funnily but, enough, uh, I was only looking back on goals. I was trying to find that car ship or back header, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. But it's good to look back on, like, because my memory of the BK game, the brand or the the not the brand game, the BK odds one. It's not. I can't really remember much on that. So I'd love to look back on the ocean guy he was talking about as well, because I remember yeah. that. I remember thinking that's a pretty cool name. My main memory of of Oz B, Oz BK is the penalty they got. Yeah, that was one of the worst penalty decisions I've seen in the European game. Probably the the worst I've ever but seen. But that's gonna lead me into the rabbit hole now in a while. I'm gonna start delving into teams we played a while back, like Salpingidis. Mm. Remember him? He was brilliant. Just seeing where they ended up and if they went any further in the career. So yeah, looking at starting eleven. So see, he said he's in a WhatsApp group there with a few of his former teammates. It seems like Shazi is the deco of their whatsapp group because he says Shazi is like photoshopping heads and oh, yeah, yeah. all sorts some people have and a microphone it. in their hand and photographs they might just happen to photoshop something else <laughs> that's a similar shape into it uh, and fun times in the DMC he said Gar ah oh, yeah. yeah Jesus Christ do you know what it was It was great because when they'd come in it was a bit of crack because I, I think I'm the gaffer I'm like okay right here we are here we're going to go I said right Dave you're going to go short you're going to get those letters then you're going to go long go around the back Brando's going to come in. He's going to grab the other box of letters. He's going to go around. Go nice and tight. Nice and tight. Get them in there. Sort them. And then we're going to see what happens at half time. Go get your break. Come back. We'll regroup. We'll think about it. <laughs> looking at me like, fuck off. I'm trying to hide. Like <laughs> The reality is just him walking from the canteen over to an old full of envelopes. All he did was walk up and down. He walked <laughs> one end of the building. Him, Tomo, and my brother-in-law, Blair. All he did was walk up and down. Tim Clancy joining every so often. He'd do a few laps. 
<laughs> and then they just walk up and down having <laughs> the crack I think I was there that Christmas as well actually we loads we Finner in funnily enough I told you this before Finner mm. was with Dundalk and he got him in right so he's in the international section with me and I just happened to leave Teletime open and little mark underneath Finn on the back where mm. all the pages were where I mentioned him and he sat there and he read that for about an hour and then he signed again so I signed yeah. Finn oh, it was me I signed Finn Finn signed because of me <laughs> Yeah, I remember you telling me that because then I saw him. First time I ever talked to him was remember he had this stat where every time he scored, his team would never lose. Oh yeah, remember that? That was going on for a while. Yeah, and I had made a big. It went over, over over fifty games. So that was my first conversation with Ron Finn. I I showed him a table on my phone. I was like, mm. here, Finn, look. Every time you score, yeah, your team never loses. And on top of on top of their work rate on the pitch, let's just say that footballers it does not in any way, shape, or form translate into the workplace no. I think Finner spent most of his time shopping for a jumper for his girlfriend I ain't gonna look for a jumper he looked for a jumper <laughs> for his girlfriend online so I left him to it says right won't you sign it's grand we'll be alright there's actually no correlation between their energy and personality on the pitch no. as to how they perform their duties and on post yeah, absolutely it's like whatsoever. night and day Mark Quigley thought he was on a cat, a cat a runway every time a catwalk the way he was coming in dressed up <laughs> Uh, Gavin Pearce I worked with Quigley as well yeah, yeah, yeah. take us two planks of fucking wood they they had him I think the, Jay McGuinness had him convinced that Cook was on the phone looking for a centre half one night and McGuinness <laughs> got the call and he's like Cook he's at the ring he wants me to go over and Pearce was snapping it's, it's, it's actually great crack it is it's a great job we can never say anything bad about on post and all the footballers coming in it's, it's been great crack with them still doesn't be Kenny and Brennan coming into Park West and quitting after 20 minutes yep Said he had to go home and get his boots. Yeah. And then he left. My manager said to me, he's like, where's your man gone? I sent him to get his boots. <laughs> he's gone forever. Yeah. Probably kicking doors in and draw it again. And speaking of work, I've got great news. Great, great news, news. Great news, Prof. Go yeah. on, tell me. Uh, the customs dog in our building. Which one? Which one now? Did you get the name? No. Was it Muffins? I don't know the name. Muffins the is lovely. <laughs> me and Muffins get on. Yeah, the customs dog in our building, he's a Porsche Roberts. <laughs> How do you know? Because he's going around today in green and white hoops. Yes, there we go. Those dogs are actually, they're great crack. And you know yeah. what? I be in there, I'm a big dope when it comes to dogs. And I'm there going, hello muffins, hello. And he's like, stop. They don't like you playing with them because you're putting them off. And they're yeah. going, hello. So every so often, I just walk by and go, and I'd hide behind something. And, he, and the, the handler would be looking around going, who fucking doing that? Stop calling, stop calling the dog <laughs> I'd be dropping like little bits of ham and all just around the place I'd be like there you go muffins that's from Gary <laughs> they crack up they're not no pet the dogs you're not no pet the, yeah. the, the uh, sniffer dogs but uh, yeah so dog wearing green white hoops shades of Kitty Medan and her dog Cindy in the 90s yeah yeah very famous robber's dog yeah so Dave big shout out to Dave and thanks for giving us your time a nice long one prof a nice long one uh, we'll move on now Dublin lost UEFA 2020 hosting rights and Stephen Kenny lost yet another member of his coaching staff so they're falling like uh, dominoes at the minute Rory Higgins he replaced Declan Devine as dairy manager um, I don't know it's probably a good appointment sounds like a good one paper it sounds like a good one well you got the, you got the bounce first game anyway yeah <laughs> the bounce oh do you know what looking back on that we should have known shouldn't we new manager it's always the case isn't it I uh, I think it was Deco was it? he Sligo he dorks. picked Sligo and the second I saw that I said no buddy. no we go now buddy new, new manager terrible Sligo were rubbish yeah. I watched that one they were, they were shocking uh, other results prof Finn Harps at home they lost 2-0 this was actually a good performance by Pats I had this one on I was making a Straboffy puff in the kitchen uh, to my uh, 
my signature dessert. I was making that and I was listening and every so on. But they, it was a professional display. It was very, uh, very professional. And Finn Harris weren't up for it at all. So that put Pats on top. I had a goal difference. Dundalk two dropped a one. Uh, little Korean fella got his first goal for the club. Mm. Little Korean boy. Little Korean boy. Uh, um I think they'll do well eventually in the long run. But uh, it would have been nice to see them take points off Dundalk there. Waterford winning 1-0 at home to Longford. Didn't expect this at all. I thought there wouldn't have been any goals in it. But that young guy Prince scored. We would Sligo 0-0. Dirty 1 we spoke about already. The bounce back from Rory Higgins being appointed. So Dundalk and there he got their first wins of the season. And they are off the mark. Hear who was on call commentary there in the Sligo game? No, no, it was oh Joey and oh we heard a couple of bits. He's brilliant. All I heard was ah, yeah. ah. Did you see that? Did you see that touch? Oh, that was beautiful. That oh, was the beautiful. touch. Oh, oh look at this beautiful. <laughs> yeah. and, oh, there actually was a couple of lovely yeah. touches in yeah. fairness. What was he saying? Football is life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I knew he'd be great because he was on RT's World Cup coverage uh, years ago. I think maybe twenty fourteen. And they just randomly brought him in one day. Him and Ronnie Whelan were on the couch. And Joey was just taking the piss out of him the whole time. <laughs> he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he's a bit of crack on And I remember right? saying on Twitter, I was like, bring this guy back. Yeah, we got to work on getting him in our... If he's ever in Dublin on a, on a sunny Saturday, mm-hmm. might have to get him onto our 50s 5 so Imagine that. I thought you were going to say bring him on the podcast. Ask him about the Joey and Doe show. Oh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'd ask him, why did you sign for us? <laughs> I said, what was that about? So another uh, loosely related hoops news, uh, Aaron McAniff scored another goal for Hearts, another nice finish. Yeah, nice finish, near post, tucked in, once again the haters were out again saying fuck McAniff, which is a strange one, it's a strange one, I mean he done nothing but good for us. Mm-hmm. And Richie Tell got a straight red for leg chopping someone. Oh, I like an old leg chop, fond of a leg chop myself. Did you see Hearts' title celebration? Oh, I was very muted, I think is a way of saying it, wasn't it? That he was, got a medal as well. Maybe he's t- played ten games. I don't know how it works over there for the uh, fourth division. Over that there, was very cringy to yeah, watch. It is it's the fact that they stopped and then did another little <laughs> half-hearted. <laughs> oh, it was like it was like you couldn't see the cameraman, but it was like the cameraman just said, "Just give a couple of minutes of bobbling there, will you?" Yeah. Okay, so on to Magic Tuesday and some happy faces were captured at the academy on Tuesday evening as the young Rovers players made the return to training for the first time this year. And uh, yeah, fantastic stuff for them to get out and about and back to see their buddies and training and tactics, the whole lot. Very, very happy. Please siren emojis everywhere. Yeah, please. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Did you see George Kelly's picture of Anamanis at Rolston, the, the big silhouette? Was that in Rolston, was it? It was brilliant. Yeah. It looked like uh, he was coming from the deep. Like a, a monster out of the lagoon. It was brilliant. Something of a Halloween movie. Yeah, it's class. A new plaque has been installed at Clonliff Avenue commemorating Paddy Moore, who made history in 1934 by scoring four goals for Ireland in a World Cup qualifying game against Belgium at Daly Mount Park. And the plaque says he lived in this house. It mentions that the record that he won a League of Ireland title three FAI Cups to Shamrock Rovers scoring in each of the finals. So fantastic stuff from Paddy Moore. I wonder if they'd uh, put that plaque up at Daly Mount. Mm. Yeah. I say Donald Fallon will be all over that, doesn't he? It feels like he knows every single plaque in the city. Oh, it's deadly. I'm sure, he's done the walking tours for years, yeah. doesn't he? His knowledge is just fucking amazing. Uh, Rochdale Prof, they have three wins and two draws in the five games since Bazuna has left, been left out of the team. They're four points from safety with two games. And I think that's a little bit it's a little bit harsh on him, isn't it? Considering like the stats are harsh on him. Yeah. Because he's been great. Like His form has been great, but he's been dropped for a fellow called Jay Lynch, who's not Irish, but... 
Um, yeah, he's. I think they drew three all as well there recently. The ninety-seven minute equaliser they conceded. So Rochdale are struggling. They probably will go down. They blew a two-goal lead there, didn't they? Yeah, they probably will. Like go if down. they had held on there, they would have been only two points between them and Wigan, and they would have sucked AFC Wimbledon back into it. Mm. But that that goal, they it's only Wigan really they can claw back now. Yeah, it and is. it's a long shot it is a big long shot major long shot so they're struggling now and that will probably see them relegate unfortunately but it's been great experience for Big Gav yeah Rochdale who uh, Jim Conroy and his pal Deck, Big Deck. yeah uh, yeah big fans of Rochdale that'll bring them into the football league now unfortunately but um, we'll see what happens they might uh, perform the great escape so our revised fixture list for, uh, for May prof is as follows so we've got Pats Derry Dundalk Sligo and Longford right so we've got five games so we'll start with Pats away 8th of May, 6pm. Joey will surely be back to get sent off for that one. Uh, Derry uh, home, 15th of May, 6pm. Dundalk away, 21st of May, quarter to 8. Sligo at home, quarter to 8, 24th of May. And we long for the way, 29th of May at 4pm. Um, are we going to announce the fact that Joey's now barred from the show? Because <laughs> he's, I mean, he's pretty much split from us. There's been a huge split. This is quite similar to the there's been some to the Super League split. I mean, he's been he's talk, he's taken the money, and he's gone, and he's shot all over us. There's been some derogatory comments towards this show. Well, I think do you know what? Yeah, Joey, Joey O'Brien's on the list of hatred. Yeah, and I tell you another thing. I tell you another thing. What? Guarantee you. I delve deep in. I'm gonna delve deep into the family history as well. Bet you he's not from Crumlin. Ooh. Bet you he's not from Crumlin. Bet you he's Drimna. I always, I always got Drimna vibes off him. Fucking Drimna vibes off him. I'm telling you, we'll dig deep going into the census, 1911 census, and all we're gonna <laughs> go into. Guarantee you, that man. I might. I won't say what I was gonna say, but he's nearly dead to us. So that's it. That's the end of Joey. He's on the list of hatred. So you called up the schedule there, Gareth. Do you notice what that means? Those two games got moved. Ooh. The past and dairy ones. That means that of our games in May, only one is on Friday. So that's three Saturdays and two Mondays. Oh, two Mondays. I don't mind the Saturdays now. Saturdays mm. are great. But I think oh Mondays. Mondays. I wouldn't be too fond of them. You know yourself. Mm. But once again, like it's not as if we're <clears> going to be going to them. So mm. I mean, you're just sitting down. You're going to be watching it on the that, telly. That Longford one was moved to four o'clock because uh, same day as the Champions League final. It's the reason for that change. Um, so, yeah, so after all the nonsense of the European Super League there was an interview with Pat Scully reflecting on a more innocent time in international club football so no bottles of Prosecco there ditched us the last time we had the Prosecco in from and all <laughs> did, did you see the picture of him it looked oh, like he'd yeah. be on the Prosecco for a few weeks there Mick Wallace's brother <laughs> but yes <laughs> Prosecco for a couple of weeks <laughs> so he still had fond memories of Southend United's unforgettable trip to Fiorentina in the long uh, since abolished Anglo-Italian Cup Jeez I didn't even know that existed This was a little before my time So I don't remember any of this That sounds pretty cool Yeah he says he was robbed of a chance To mark Badestuda But in the article he kind of admits Maybe it's a good thing Because Badestuda just tore it Bad El Batigal Man one of the f- my favourite strikers Whoever started in front of him Badestuda just made a show of him Jeez I might be wrong But I think his last Serie A win Was Roma's last Serie A win Possibly I could be wrong on that one. We'll get Guido to notify us on that. Uh, but Stephen Bradley Prof, he spoke to Dan McDonald and he has welcomed the death of the Super League proposal. And I think we all have as well, but I'm bored of it at this stage. I mean, even the Champions League tonight, I didn't give a fuck. I didn't care about it. 
it's just it's just I don't care anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just in me now to just kind of think. It was a natural feeling of just I didn't give a fuck about what the score was or anything like that. I don't, I don't care. So I'd rather actually. Funnily enough, there's a new podcast coming out called the Sweeper Pod, and it's it delves deep into all of the European leagues, all the smaller ones as well. So I'm gonna give that a go and see how we get on with that. Being the connoisseurs that we are, prof. Yeah, I'd be especially interested in the smaller leagues. It'd be good to get an insight on them as well. I'm sure they have their own little highlight uh, highlight show as well. So we'll check that out. Do a bit of scouting for Bradzer. Um, yeah, but we'll move on to Bradzer. What he was saying, he said he, he welcomed the death of the Super League proposal, but feels it's inevitable that there will be sweeping changes in European football as a consequence. He says, "I'm delighted it hasn't gone through. I'm delighted that it gives small nations a chance to go and compete against super clubs in the draw." But the super clubs have shown to UEFA and FIFA that they are serious. They want more of the point and they'll think they'll get it now. Yep. So Brazil's concerned about the future. And um, Champions League semi-final you mentioned there. Um, City and PSG is just over as we record this. But we don't know what the Champions League will look like in the future. But I just wanted to say this on the Super League. I thought this was a like cracking uh, bit of writing from Barney Rowney. Um, when it came out he says the European Super League has its eyes on the wider digital global market on a ruthless streaming experience free of these old bonds it will disempower you disengage you restyle you as a unit consumer under the guise of offering a better endlessly available A-list product it will cram the same homogenised substance on your, onto your screen and fan instead the cringing celebrity worship that marketeers and salespeople have nourished around the game. It will make you hate football, but still buy football. It will slowly kill football. Not its reach or its income, which be, which will be maximised, but the value people place in it. The joy it can bring. Its richness. Oh wow, that was powerful. Powerful stuff. Ooh. Fantastic. And all true... And like we said, we spoke about how we feel about the Super League. It's just no, it, but it doesn't have an effect on us. Like it has no effect on us whatsoever. Bar if it did go ahead, like it may have an effect on Rovers as regards to playing in Europe and that. But our feelings and thoughts on how it is when it's going to be televised, and like, these clubs themselves, we don't really give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it had, there's no skin off our nose. That's that's realistically how it was. And all this, like we talked about, fake outrage. All this bullshit from all the bar stillers. Fuck them. I mean, yeah. I'm hoping. Even tonight, actually, funnily enough, young guy in work, he actually has a pal. I think his name is Luke Corbley, who goes to the games. The young lad in work was telling me that he'd love to go. And he says, tell me and I'll bring you along. I'll give you the whole fucking, the whole shebang, the whole tour. We'll do everything. Bring you on an away trip. Bring you to a home game. And I said, it will give you the proper experience. And then you'll be hooked. I guarantee you, you'll be hooked. So that's all it's all about. And speaking of crazy American owners making decisions for themselves, <laughs> we have Bill Hulsizer. How do you pronounce his name? I don't know. It's a Hulitzizer. It's not Hulitzer. Hulsizer. Something like either way. We know who we're talking about. Yeah. He broke a silence. He appeared on the press box today. That's the Dundalk podcast hosted by James Rogers. And uh, how much of this did you get, Trigger? I got through, I think it was 18 minutes from... He started on 16, so I got about 18 minutes in, and I think that was enough. Uh, he wants he wants his manager to be lucky, 
which is isn't that much of a bad thing. But he's uh, he's it's pie in the sky stuff. He it's wants a, to win a, the Europa League. It's a play thing for him. That's what it seems like. And he's going to give Jim Jilton free reign on who he wants to appoint. So Jim could appoint himself. Really, Jim could say I'm the best man for the job here, which I don't think he wants. He don't want the interference from there. But it's if it was me as a fan. And that was our podcast. I wouldn't have heard. Well, like I told you, it's not an official than Dark Pack. That's what I'm saying. Even as an unofficial one, hmm. I wouldn't have heard that. I thought it was damning. Like it's. But then again, maybe they want him to. Maybe they want him to trip himself up, and it was they want him out. But the what what I thought was scary was when they said, "What's the story with Boyers or anything like that?" And he said, "Well, stump up the cash. You want us gone." Pay, pay us that was scary who's going to buy Dundalk off these who's going to have the money and I guarantee you he get, he thinks that there, there's an overinflated pl- price on them now as well he'll start saying that we got the Europa League we won leagues we won cups we are worth significantly more than I paid for them now because I've brought this success to the club he will go down that road and he'll say well here's how much they're worth fans want to get a, a consortium together and buy the club we're worth, we're worth 12 million We've won cups, we've won leagues, we've qualified Europa League twice. Come at me, bro. That's what's gonna happen. He's gonna, he's not gonna take any less than millions. That's just it. They he want, won't take a loss. Am I right? They want, they want peak six money, but they don't want Bill's interference. Exactly. Yeah. But so, they're hand in hand at this stage, and but, like I just thought he contradicted himself every few minutes. Like he said, he regretted not enrolling Filippo in a pro license course. Well, but he if al- the option was there, then that's that's criminal. I know, but he also doesn't understand why the fans are criticising. How could you not? Like it just shows you he doesn't know anything about football. Like I was only thinking about this on the way over in the car, and I was thinking if I bought an NBA franchise and tried to run it like a football club, surely you'd fall flat on your face. Do you know what I mean? There's different mm. sports, different elements, different fans. I don't think he took any advice from anyone who is on the ground level. It's typical of the way these things are run. Someone up there in their ivory tower making decisions about something that they don't know anything about and ultimately it falls flat in their face. See, I think James has, has a, a line. he had got the phone line put in. <laughs> well, speaking of phone lines, James seems to have a line to uh, Bill there. They have some sort of relationship. So He has a tr- he has trust in him anyway. Yeah, so when he, he mentioned the interference and in team selection, Bill just said that's old news and moved on. So they never addressed the elephant in the room, no. really. They never addressed any of the big mm. issues that we were talking mm. about as well, like the trying to get goalkeepers to take corners and stuff like that, and interfering with tactics. Like, yeah, like I remember John Giles was quoted as saying that he wanted to win the European Cup at Rovers when he took over in nineteen seventy-seven, and that supposed quote followed him for years. Yeah, people laughed sword, at him. I'd say that was a sword he fell on. Like, I mean, but he always annoyed saying it. Like, I can't find any newspaper article of him actually saying that. So they just saddled, saddled, saddled him yeah. with it and... Whereas here is the Dundalk owner, as clear as as day, saying, I want to win the Europa League. It's like, it's mad stuff. That's oh, stupid. You're putting your hand out to be slapped, aren't you? Pretty mm-hmm. much. But that's that's it from the comedy section of the show <laughs> this week. But uh, yeah, Prof... Hit him with the stats. There is a mathematician, a different kind of mathematician, and a statistician. Stats out! <laughs> <laughs> Stats!
Yeah, just a few random ones today, really. Um, who do you think the oldest player in the league is? Ooh. Manus. Yep. He's going to be 39 next month. Next up, Brian Murphy, Cherry, maybe. The next oldest is a Waterford player, but it's not Brian Murphy. Murphy. It's Daryl Murphy. Daryl Murphy. Yeah. He's 38. And this, this one kind of shocked me. Um, Dan McDonald was kind of looking into it. I think he made it like a quiz question last week on LOI Central. But uh, after Daryl Murphy, who do you think is the oldest outfield player to make an appearance in the top flight this season? Oldest player to make Rafa Cataro, and, and he's, no, on, he's, and he's only thirty-five. Well, Rafa Cataro retired, didn't he? He's in the coach and staff at Derry. Oh, is he a Rovers player? He is. He's not Joey O'Brien. He's no, on jo- the Joey. He's, he's on the list of Hadrian. Joey, yeah. Joey, yeah, Joey. against Pats, wasn't it? He get injured against Pats. No, I'm saying the oldest outfield player after Daryl Murphy. Oh yeah, yeah. To play the season. It doesn't matter anyway. I don't know what you thought I was asking you there. <laughs> so, but, um, um, go on, what else have we got, Prof? Yeah. I'm waiting for the Harps and the Rover stats. Um, <clears throat> yeah, let me know that. So, uh, Mike Newell. He looks terrible, by the way. Has been sent off twice already this season. My take on this is that and he just doesn't manager. want to be there. <laughs> He's thinking, how can I fuck off for a week? I'm going back home. And, uh, well, what I give out about this week, I'll do something to get sent off, yeah. How does your assistant manager get sent off twice in your first six games? Because he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> Simple. Yeah. We also have Burke, Mondrayu, Manus and Scales. They have started every game so far. Right. Scales, That's a good start. I like that. Yeah. Scales hasn't missed a game since AC Milan. Ooh. That's 18 in a row. Dylan Watts hasn't missed a game since the start of 2020. But he's playing, so he's playing everything. Yeah. Brad, like a sub appearance. That's 32 in a row. Big Al has played 47 in a row. Ooh. Goes back to 2019. And finally, only three teams in the Premier Division have never recorded a Premier Division win at Tata Stadium. This is because we're playing Waterford on Monday. And that's Waterford, Longford, and Finn Harps. Mm. Never beaten the Robert Senior team at Tata. So you're going to tell me about the Rovers and Harp stats or what? No. Why not? No, don't be stats. <laughs> you sure? La 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 la. <laughs> Last time I checked, the record was fairly decent against them. <laughs> uh, right, so Prof has no stats, so we're going to move on. <laughs> Starting 11s <laughs> and predictions. Right, Prof, do you want to go first? No, I'll leave it to you. Okay, Manus in goal. We got Pico, Hort, and Grace centre half. We're going to go scales on the left. We're going to go Finner on the right. Oh, yeah. We're going to go Finner on the right. I'm going to go McCann and Gary O'Neill in the middle again. Um, I think they could strike up some sort of partnership. And once again, you have to think ahead of Morford on Monday. So I'm going Gary. I think, I think McCann needs need to give him a little bit more time. He's still adjusting. To the pace of this, not the pace, but the standard. He's still adjusting to the standard and how to play in this league. I think he will end up being a good player. So Gary O'Neill and McCann in the middle. Mandroyu and Bork and Greener up front. I'm keeping Greener on. I think he redeemed himself in the second half of that game. And uh, I think he needs to... It's just Gaffney was such a good... Gaffney was such a good sub. 
Like he was such he's such a good impact on the game, you know. I I just mm-hmm. think he needs to start the game greener, so I'm staying loyal and going with that. Um yeah, I am going to play Watts there <clears throat> instead of McCann. Ooh. Um That's so, fairly, that's fairly attacking. So I'm putting in Gary O'Neill. And yeah, I agree with, with Finn instead of Gannon. So I'm thinking ahead to Monday then, as my, I'm being pretend gaffer here. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm bringing McCann back in on Monday, bringing Gannon back in on Monday. Uh, what else? And just to switch it up a bit, play play start Gaffney against Ooh, Waterford. Have, yes. have Greener be the impact sub. Okay, okay, prof, I like that. I like that. I might agree with that actually because, like I said, it's all about uh, preserving your squad, isn't it? When you have these hmm. jam-packed months. Um, I'm going to go Oh, Finn Harps struggle they're going to want to bounce back from a defeat aren't they from a poor a poor uh, performance against Pats and they're going to dig in deep they always do it's always a good game up there I'm going to say I'll say a 1-0 win I'm going to say another 1-0 I'm going to say we're going to struggle up there but we'll get a late one and I'll say McCann to get off the to get off the mark 1-0 title yeah I'm going to say a 1-0 as well and my goal scorer will be I'm thinking a defender for this one. Ooh, Pico to get out of the mark. I'm thinking Lee Grace. Oh, Lee Grace. Lee so, Grace from a corner. What are we going for Waterford? Are we predicting Waterford as well? Might as well. 3 0. 3 0 Waterford, Gaffney and Green on the score sheet. One of them will get two, one of them will get one. I'm going to say 3 1. Another missed opportunity for a clean sheet. Oh, no. Yeah. Who's your goal scorers? God, I'm just making shit up now. <laughs> two, welcome to my world. Two for Gaffney, and then Greener comes on and gets the Oh, third. yes. So we're going similar on that one. So injuries prop for struggling at the minute. We've Cabo out. Gannon could be out. We've Ferrugia out. A couple of uh, limpers. So hopefully hopefully things get better soon. And we see Cabo in particular for me, one of my favourite <laughs> players. I'm hoping he gets back to full fitness. You know this fellow who does uh, mysteries explained? Yeah, he's, he's very good. He's gas. Did one for Tada. Did one for, for Kimmage. Uh, he should do one. Image isn't real. He should do one for Neil Ferruja. He has a bit Does of Neil Ferruja exist? Yeah. Has he, is he just like? Have we gone into? Has he slipped through the vortex? <laughs> or um, is he just? Like, we don't know. Is he real? He's always on the verge of coming back. Yet he's not played for six months. I still remember when he tore Eden Boyle anywhere. So I remember that. That's when yeah. the that's when the kind of the hype began. Uh, something must be up there with with the injury. Mm. It seems to be causing him trouble. So we've predicted our Waterford uh, game. And we're going to move on to the Golden Goal, Prof. We have a big, big Golden Goal this week. And it's being bumped up by a significant amount. We will let, uh, we'll let you know how much. But Leinster Credit, of course, for all those unexpected occurrences, have uh, bumped up the Golden Goal. So get your fibres in. And it's going to be a bumper pot this week. Included a bobble hat from Tifties. A sticker book from the Junior Hoops. I don't know why I'm screaming. <laughs> a limited um, edition bobble hat. A limited edition bobble hat. And uh, it's a bumper. Pro- it's going to be... It's going to be about... It's going to be over 200 quid. Right? you got a bobble hat. you got a sticker book. Um, it's a, it's mental. And next week one is going to be bumper as well. So if you need to get in touch... Instagram and Twitter. Get in touch with us. It's a Revolut Golden Goal. It's been great crack. Uh, gives it, It's only a fiver. You might get two numbers. You might get three. Depends on when he's in it. But uh, live score decides it as well. So get in touch if you want to get play the golden goal. 
Well, length of credit once again, coming up with the goods, bumping up the golden goal. Mm -hmm. And of course, Prop, I'm extremely jealous. He texts me midweek because uh, our pals in four provinces are back up and running. And they are serving points, serving puddle, serving lauder, serving hurler, all that good gear. More um, importantly, Guinness. And Prof gave me his uh, his little, I'll be in work, but Prof mm -hmm. gave me his little schedule. So he said he's going to ramble on down, mm -hmm. get a couple of points of puddle, stumble into Pizza Baker, yep. and just enjoy his day. It sounds fantastic, but check them out, Four Provinces, they the, are the, the pizza shop is right next door, so my evening is sorted. If you see a man stumbling around Kimaj... At eight or nine Friday Kim, night, Kimmage isn't real. It's probably me. Um, controversial opinion, Gary, but uh, I think right. This is up there with Neil Walsh thinking he lives in Kimmage. <laughs> I could probably jump over my back garden and crumble into Neil Walsh's back garden. It's Crumlin, pal. Listen, right. My house is in Crumlin, but that pub is in Kimmage. Oh, I don't know. Where is the border then? What part do you end up? So you're telling That's me it. that I can walk out there now and <laughs> step into Kimmage, one foot in Kimmage, one foot in Crumlin. I haven't been able to pinpoint yet, right? I think we're going to have to get Donald Fallon in here. We're going to have to sit down with a big map and a projector and settle this one. That's actually a good debate. We're actually yeah. going to put this on to Donald and yeah. say, where does Captain's Road become Kimmage? <laughs> where does Kimmage begin and end? Yeah, exactly. Um, but don't be going on as if you're from this mythical place called Kimmage. It's like Narnia <laughs> and fucking Northern Ireland. Um yeah so that is it the Golden Goal four provinces as well fantastic guys they really are and keep your eyes and ears peeled for a little collaboration when we get back on the terraces of course because um, but yeah no keep keep your keep it peeled for that and once again the programme has been delivered Prof we are doing sterling work gold work getting these programmes out to the people um, even with the bank holiday the, the great Goggini has um, entrusted me in helping out and getting these delivered and it's been uh, it's been great because we want to get them into people's hands. So we've got the prof who is the editor this week, by the way, and um, we've got the right. great Jason Maloney, Scott Kerwin. We've got Ryan Legrue. We've got some fantastic McDara Ferris, of course. High brow, high praise. Well, I wrote the editorial. I wouldn't go as far as say I am the editor, but come on, prof, <laughs> give yourself a bit of credit. But yeah. either way, it's fantastic. Once again, straight to your door, into your hand for match day. And you're watching it, you're doing the quiz at half time, you're doing mm -hmm. whatever you need to do, brilliant stuff. Dunster chips and chimes in every so often. And uh, it's cheap, it's four quid. Pay the postage, get it to your door, buy the bundle I'd recommend. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Um it's that convenient. This may sound stupid, but I'd probably buy a bundle when we get back into the terraces and have it <laughs> delivered to the gaff. It's that easy because you know us, yeah. we don't really get we, it's for the stand to the bar you know so well, in, in my editorial I made the point that because we can't be with each other we can't see our mates and all that even something as simple as having that program in your hands on the Friday watching the game mm. it's, it's it a little bit of connection it's class it's deadly and you're reading through it and you're getting the stories back and the stats and the quiz yeah. and I'm still I'm actually pretty good in the quiz this year I'm not cheating mm. I'm doing well and I, I've been involved in the program for 10 years and I've it's it's had ups and downs it's had some years where I'm like wish this was better yeah it's had some years where I'm like this is really good this is the best I've ever seen it's excellent I mean it really is fantastic and credit to everybody else who's doing sterling work mm. involved and listen it's uh, it's going to continue on but make sure you get yourself a program and deliver it out to the house but that is it for this week Prof big thank you to Leinster Credit for all their help Ocean Electrical of course another sponsor coming up soon we are going to have the 
trimmest nether regions in the land. <laughs> um, that is it for this week, Prof. Don't so, forget the jellies. Don't forget the jellies. The vegan jellies. Treatyourself.ie. Check them out. Uh, Rovers is the code. They're actually gorgeous, Prof. I had to get you a bag. Um, they're coming our way soon. And uh, yeah, that is it. Have we? Oh, we, no, we've someone else, do we? Official beer of the podcast. We're nearly beating Rovers. Poddle, of course, four provinces, all our pals. World Cup winning beer. World Cup winning beer, and that is it for this week. So we hope we will uh, three points on the Friday and a trip to Bally Buffet. So that is it, and keep on hoping. See ya. Oh, Dunnigal, the pride of all. With me cottage home, where oft I roamed when I was young and free. Big houses, grand, on foreign lands, they can't compare at all. With me cottage bright on a winter's night, with the hills of Donegal. Well, I mind in the harvest time that doleful, dreary day when leaving all in Dandigal to wander far away in Creasla town, my friends stood round. I Then on the van should I wave to me hand?